at $200, a Super Nintendo setup costs twice as much as the old system. For the money, the company promises better pictures, sound, and adventure. Now you're playing with power, super power. You're the king, I tell you! You're the king! Only for Super NES. Only for Super NES. You're listening to the SNES Podcast with your host, Soulblazer. Welcome to the Super NES Podcast. I am Joe with Greg, and we we brought some friends for this episode. Did you uh, ever? (laughs) (laughs) You guys have no idea what's in store for you tonight, or or this morning, whatever time you're listening to this. And I was going to say, before I introduce our guests, um, I just want to mention that this is episode 188, The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Um, So we have Chris with us. Hello. We got Phil, the No Swear Gamer. Howdy. And we got Ferg. How's it going? Hi. Yeah, this is an episode that we've been working on for several months now at this point, at this point, actually. So, you know, I definitely, I definitely am thrilled to have, to have all three of these guys here because they all, um, you know, they all have been on the podcast before. They all really like the game. Uh, Chris was a last minute surprise, surprise edition because we didn't think he'd be able to make it. And then all of a sudden he said, you know, this is like too good to pass up. So, uh, <laughs> we're glad to have you here, Chris. Thanks. I always want to be here. I'm just, you know, I'm old Real and life tired. kids sleep, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We get it. So. <laughs> hey, I'm allowed to be old just because I'm not as old as you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for once, I'm not going to... I... Uh, uh, yeah, for like running joke, yeah, yeah, running joke in the podcast, like drill myself. It's like for once, like about the oldest person here. <laughs> and so. I just got the shovel. Yeah, the shovel's fun. Yeah, so for those listening, I'm live streaming at the same time, so I just got the <laughs> shovel in this game. Yeah, so uh, we will. So like, yeah. So for anybody who's new to the podcast, you know, like, um, you know, I. You know, you know, I'll ask each of the guys to introduce themselves a little bit, talk about their podcast, YouTube stuff, or whatever they do. Phil's doing an interesting experiment uh, tonight, like the podcast as well, so which will explain, I'm sure, for the podcast listeners out there. But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, link, link to the past, definitely one of our heavy hitters that we've not covered yet. So we wanted to definitely have definitely a special special guest host on the podcast, like for this, because there, because there are five of us, we're going to be doing the format in the same format as, as we did the recent Star Wars episode, where we have an assigned order. And there'll be five topics of discussion. We'll toss the topic, and then each person in turn will have a chance to, 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 a chance to, to talk about that thing so everybody gets a chance to be able to speak and keep things nice and orderly, at least within reason. But, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. Yes. <laughs> uh, the order would be uh, Chris, Ferg, myself, Joe, and then finally Phil. So the topics are going to be, going to be uh, uh, introduction, uh, which I'll explain here in a moment, uh, graphics, music and, music and sound effects, Gameplay and then finally all the closing thoughts. So, um, so during the intro, uh, you know, if you guys can just talk about briefly uh, for like Phil, Ferg, and uh, Chris, um, a little bit about yourself for anybody who may be new to the podcast, what's up you do, that kind of stuff. Uh, talk about maybe your first time playing playing this game, uh, your, your experience with the Zelda franchise as a whole, and maybe what uh, maybe what your, you know, maybe what your favorite Zelda game is, and just any other. 
uh, intro thoughts that you, uh, you know, that may have like about the series as a whole or the game itself. So, uh, Chris, why don't you do the honors to get us going? Wow. Uh, well, I'm very, very grateful to be here. It's uh, uh, thanks for having me. Um, uh, my name is Chris Randazzo. I am a staff writer for Nintendo Force Magazine. I run social media and the YouTube channel and the podcast and the blog for StoneAgeGamer.com. Uh, and I'm also the co-founder of Geekade, which is the site that hosts the SNES podcast. Um, <clears throat> I am a uh, longtime Nintendo nut, and uh, um, this game here was a... Uh, boy, this game, this, this game right here was an absolute experience for me. Um, so as a kid, uh, I started off playing on the Atari, and Atari 2600 was like just just this this wonderful experience to me. Just the the act of playing, you know, moving a joystick to control something on the television had like, you know, blew up my imagination. So playing things like Space Invaders and, and Adventure uh, was just this this awakening of my imagination. And then when I played the NES, that's when it just completely went over the cliff and. I was completely obsessed with both Super Mario Brothers and The Legend of Zelda. Zelda and Zelda 2 were like just complete game changers for me on, on so many levels. Just loved the world, loved the mythology, loved the instruction manuals and the artwork and everything. Um, and so I was obsessed with those games and anything that I could find related to them. And right before we did the show, I was trying to look it back on like, how exactly did I get to A Link to the Past? Like, what was my path there? So. It was Zelda and Zelda 2 on the NES and reading the instruction manuals obsessively. Then in, that must have been, geez, I got, I got to say that was probably like 1988 at some point. Um, 1989 uh, was when the Super Mario Brothers Super Show premiered, where every oh, Friday yes. there was a Zelda cartoon. So like, oh my God, now there's a Zelda cartoon? Yes, please. <laughs> so just lived and breathed that awful awful cartoon <laughs> just <laughs> loved it so much ah the, the music and the sound in it used all the sound me exactly oh god such such good stuff um i think i may have caught a glimpse of uh, i didn't get to actually read these until later but in february of 1990 there were valiant comics yes. kind of sort of based off yes of i had the, those. Uh, Super Mario Brothers Super Show. I have a couple of them now. I think I had seen one of them at a friend's house at some point, but total obsession with Zelda, right? I was I was dressed up as Link for Halloween as a kid. My mom made me a costume, and everyone thought I was Peter Pan, which was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was awesome. Who are you? Oh, hey, you're Peter Pan. No, I'm Link. Who's Link? <laughs> Nobody knows. So that was a good time. But this one right here, so totally obsessing over this. The first time I ever saw... Link to the Past was, and I'm actually pulled this out. This is the poster that came with my Super Nintendo, which I believe we bought very close to launch. If it wasn't on launch day, it was pretty close because I was begging my parents for the Super Nintendo. Like, <laughs> I had seen pictures of it in uh, Nintendo Power at friends' houses and stuff, and on this gigantic poster that came with it, I remember opening up the box to see the Super Nintendo and finding this poster. It's got Pilot Wings, F Zero, Super Play Action Football, Sim City, Zelda Three, and I lost my mind. These there's three screenshots, and it goes back to the top view perspective because I love Zelda Two, but I also love Zelda One, and it looking like. You know, Link with his bright pink hair and some weird red bottle that never showed up in the final version of the game. And it was just called Zelda 3. And I was like, 
this is amazing. I need to get this game. I absolutely have to get this game the minute it comes out. And my, my mom was like, all right, well, your sister got F-Zero, so this will be your game whenever it comes out. So the wait began until, uh, let's see, Nintendo Power Volume 32, which hit in January of 92, right? So if I got the Super Nintendo sometime around August or September of 91, the next thing I see about Zelda is Nintendo Power 32, and that one, uh, my friend Jeff had a subscription Nintendo Power, and that had in the uh, table of contents Zelda 4, A Link to the Past, which makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> uh, and this had the first Zelda uh, manga comic in it. Not really a manga comic. This was like... This was the, the Nintendo Power comic that was totally different from the Valiant comic. And it was so incredibly cool. And the first real preview and the first time I saw the name A Link to the Past. And it's like, you know, here's here's the big blowout. And I'm positively drooling over this. All the artwork of Link looks so much more modern. The colors, the blues, the everything just looks amazing. And then on April 13th, 1992, I got the game uh, and I got my copy of it sitting right here i actually popped it in and the battery still works that's awesome <laughs> my game save is still functioning which is wild um but that rain right in the beginning of the game like i had been playing super mario world and pilot wings for a while and, and and f-zero but man when i turned on a link to the past that was something else you, that that polygonal triforce coming into the the middle of the screen like mm. i had never seen anything like that before I was, I was, those like, what the, I was like, <laughs> and then you start up the game, and the story's going on, but that rain, that thunderstorm in the beginning of the game was unbelievable, and my little tiny brain is just like, this is, this is never going to get better than this, right? This is it. This is the, the coolest thing that's ever going to happen, and I just, I obsessively played the game. I, I, I could not get enough of it. I finally got to Aghanim after getting the three pendants. And I was like, man, this game, uh, this was one of the best games I've ever played in my life. A little short, though, but <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> you get sucked into the dark world, and you got, oh, no, you're, no, you're not even halfway done. Good luck. <laughs> I just just blew, blew me away. It's still one of my favorite games uh, of all time. I, I mean, I love the Zelda franchise. It's probably my favorite game series ever. Um Wind Waker's my favorite in the whole series because no game has ever surprised me more than that one. I mm. I was sure I was going to hate that game. Uh, and then it came out, and I was like, oh, it's not Looney Tunes, it's Samurai Jack. Mm. And, like, it just clicked with me, and I, I just replayed it with my son a few uh, a few months ago, and it just it holds up. But this game also holds up. Link to the Past is... It's, it's an absolute masterpiece, top to bottom, and... I'm thrilled to be here to talk about it. And I think that was all the questions I was supposed to answer. Yes, that's good, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yep, appreciate it very much. Uh, Ferg, your turn. Well, it was a, a chilly Tuesday night in December of 1969 when I came into this world. And then in 1988, we got the uh, NES and... Uh, I was at a friend's house, and he was playing a game called Legend of Zelda, which I didn't know anything about. I was watching him play, and then I watched him take a bomb and blow a hole in the wall and heard that sound, and <laughs> I was like, I need to get this game right now, which was impossible because nobody had it, and it took me a while to find it, 
and then I played through it, and it was one of the earliest games that I beat that I didn't need any hints mm. for, except for watching my sister play a little bit, because I was the first <laughs> one to beat it, though, so, yeah. Um, she's a lot younger than me, and she played through a lot more uh, NES games eventually, but uh, I love the game so much. Played through the second one, uh, the second adventure as well, and the first game, and then got the second one. And the second game, uh, again, was hard to find. I remember going to Caldor <laughs> endless amounts of time to uh, see if they had it, but they didn't. And then eventually found the Zelda watch that. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Ferris. It's wonderful. And uh, yes, you're well. Uh, you actually uh, repaid the uh, the favor for by giving me the box for this game, because when I got this game. I had the, the uh, SNES, I got it in 94, so I was a little bit late to it. And I played Donkey Kong Country before I played this. So the, I guess the, the rain didn't really have the effect on me that it did on Chris. So I was trying to figure out when I got this game. I thought maybe it was like 96 or 97, but uh, <coughs> since I threw out the box, I, it was probably 95 before I started collecting games. And... I, I played it for a while. I wasn't getting very far in it, so I eventually ended up getting a book. Uh, oh, I forgot to bring it in here. I forgot which book it is, but it was by Zach Meston. And I pulled it out to when I started playing it again, and it's it's not linear. It gives you how to play, and then it gives you all the uh, locations in, in a different part of the book. So I just went online and found a guide because <laughs> I, I'm too old for this. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, but I still enjoy the game uh, very much, even though I have to cheat to get through it. So I'm still, uh, I'm, I'm way behind. I didn't feel like playing video games for the first like three or four months this year. Uh, finally got back into games and stuff, and uh, uh, I'm playing through it now, and it's a lot of fun. I actually hooked it up to my uh, HDTV, which I didn't think it was going to look that great. But it looks, it, it fills up the entire TV, and it's a little fuzzy, but nice. I can see nice. Yeah, the version of the game that's on the Super uh, NES so. MIDI that I, have, that I have, and also that Phil is playing on right now, as a matter of fact, <laughs> uh, looks gorgeous, like in a modern, you know, modern uh, TV set. Uh, the HD, uh, uh, yeah. The HDMI upstairs. That's yeah, HD, yes, though, right? Great. Oops. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look bad. I was, I just, I got a converter to plug in the, um, the right. AV cable and it looks fine, so I've been enjoying playing it, and I have a long enough. Uh, and which podcast do you currently do, Ferg? That's all I care about. I do the okay. Atari Twenty Six Hundred yep. game. And you said you're playing it on a Super NES, just original Super NES that you're running through AV on your HD TV. Yeah, my original nice. part that's, and the battery works fine. Yeah. Cool. I have my old um, oh, awesome. login and my sister's too, and I made a new one. I've been, I've, I, in the past few years during um, Extra Life, I tried to get through it and then keep playing it afterwards, but I never kept playing it, so hopefully I will stick to it this yeah, time. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. But I love the game. I love the series, uh, but really, that's the, <laughs> the first three games are really the only ones I've played through. I never beat the second one. I got to uh, Shadow Link spoilers. And, uh, yeah, he's actually fairly easy if you know what to do, so. So. But if you don't know what to do, he is yeah, a I didn't know what pain to do. in the butt. True, true. I yeah. died at that guy a lot yeah, when yeah. I was a kid. Uh, yeah. And it takes forever to get yeah, out of Yeah, that's too, true. If you yeah. have to start it. Oh. And if you, 
And if you find all the doll, the Link dolls, and he's like, oh, a Link doll. Game literally gave me nightmares because then, of that, oh, because of how many times I had to go back. <laughs> and then my, my, my game memory got erased. Yeah. My oh, mom didn't man. let me play video games for mm. a while because I had nightmares that night. She's oh. like, all right, you know what? No more games for you for a little while. <laughs> no, I have to get the axe. Oh, boy. <laughs> there wasn't even an axe in Zelda 2. Yeah. The only... <laughs> the only um, game that I really spent any time with was the phantom hourglass and i had to stop playing it because <laughs> i don't like fishing i don't like sailing and i don't like constantly going back over did you do I wind waker then covered, so that game is pretty yeah you're yeah, not gonna like that game i haven't yeah for i, I think really like uh, the link's awakening as well too because that's like very old school zelda yeah yeah i tried playing that but i just haven't it's like every time I try to put some time into something that is a long game, uh, I end up s stopping and never going back to it. And then don't feel bad. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With yeah, every game. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you very much for appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, my experience. Thank you. Um, so <clears throat> I, so I got Zelda shortly shortly after I got my NES in uh, uh, so I got my NES for Christmas of '87, and then like I got the game Legend of Zelda surprisingly enough for Easter of '88, which is like I never get video games for like Easter. Easter is like one of those holidays where you get like candy and like cheap and, and cheap toys, and that's it. So yeah, well, <laughs> so yeah, I was really surprised that my parents gave me like Zelda for like um. Uh, like, but yeah, I reached that year, but I fell in love with the game like right away because I was, I was a, uh, I was 12 at the time. So, um, and like, and, and yeah, like Chris said, the detail in that game is just amazing. The manual is like very thick and detailed, and also gives like a whole bunch of like hints and tips and everything. You know, there was a map. There was actual. There was also a special top secret uh, <clears throat> hint booklet included. Also, like, yeah, that. You know, to actually break open the seal to, to, to read and whatnot. Yeah. So, Top <laughs> secrets. Message and, from Sasrila. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and the Link to the Past is all the same things, too, which is awesome. Mm. So, um, but anyway, yeah, so Zelda, yeah, so Zelda I played, I played that game, both quests as well, too. Zelda 2 I got for Christmas of 88. I got a hand on my parents because, like, you know, somehow, somehow, somehow my mom was able to find both Zelda 2 and Mario 2 for Christmas that year. And I know that's, like, nigh on impossible to do, so... I really got to, I, 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 I don't know how she did it, but somehow she was able to find like uh, both games. So, um, but yeah, so Zelda 2, I really like a lot as well too. And like, you know, um, you know, Zelda 2, Mario 2, and Castlevania 2 are infamous for being very different than the original games, the franchises. I like all those games, but in all three of those cases, I really was thrilled when I found out the third game in the franchise was going to be back every return to your roots uh, with the original game, the franchise, and like Zelda, especially in particular, like for that. So um, when I found out about Zelda 3, I put a pre-order on that game. The first time, the first time I ever pre-ordered a game, uh, like my local uh, Toys R Us. So because they had the, because they're selling the game for a little bit cheaper than regular price. I don't. Um, I, I tried to find the ad, but I couldn't find it. I want to say it was like five dollars cheaper than like everyone else was selling. You were selling it for that. Um, you know, you know, came out. Maybe like maybe like thirty-five dollars, forty-five dollars, whatever the game was new back then. So I don't remember for sure. I you know, I was sixteen at the time, so I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. You want to know? Um, I looked up a bunch of uh, newspaper ads, and Toys R Us it was forty-nine ninety-nine. Uh, USA it was forty-four ninety-nine, I believe, and some places <laughs> okay. had it on yeah. sale for thirty-five ninety-nine. But anyway, yeah. So. Uh, 
This is all April and May. April and right. May. Right. Yep. So I got the game. Yesterday. Yeah, so yeah, so the, uh, the day the game came out, uh, I had my driver. So, so, so I had my learner's permit at the time because I failed my driver's test the first time, unfortunately. I didn't have a license yet, so I had to have somebody in the car with me to actually like, drive to go pick it up. So I so, so sweet so talked my dad, like making the half an hour drive with me uh, to and fro the store because it's in the city. I grew up in New Hampshire, so you know we kind of lived in the boonies. But you know we drove out there. Well, I drove out there with him present, got the game, brought it home, called one of my friends over to come over to the house uh, because he was also like a big Zelda fan, and like I and like I got to echo what, what Chris said. That opening screen with the Triforce spitting in on you with Mode 7 graphics. You know, even though I'd seen that effect before with previous Super NES games at that point, because by then I already had games like Mario World and Super Castlevania 4 and F-Zero and Pot Wings and some other stuff. It was still very, very impressive to see that opening screen. And, you know, the story, the, the story, the, 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 the story that opened, you know, it also opened the game up. So, uh, and then also, like, that opening, that opening effect, yeah, because I remember... T- I, because I remember Nintendo Power making a big deal out of it. You know, the Super NES, Super NES came with a very good Sony sound chip and it had four channels. And I didn't take the point that you could actually hear all four channels being used at the same time. You, you should like you had the music, uh, the wind, um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the, the rain, the footsteps, and, and the thunder. You could hear all four things at the same time. And that was like mind blowing, um, you know, for anything that a system could do at like that time. So, yeah, we both. We both, yes, we both like fell in love with the game immediately, and like it's still a favorite of mine to this day. And this is still not only is this still my favorite game in the franchise, this is uh, you know I, um, you know I consider like the I consider like linked to the past one of the greatest, um, you know one of the best games ever made. Period. This is on my top ten list of like best games. Period. I played like in my life. I think it's that good, and I think it does hold up very well today. Still, um, you know even though it doesn't have. Even though it doesn't have some of the flair that later games in the series may have, a lot of things, a lot of things the franchise does have, does does use and take for granted now. Get started in this game after all, so um, it really was a transitional game, like in many ways. So, yeah, uh, yeah, Link to the Past definitely still an amazing game. Uh, Joe, how about your experiences? Oh man, I have such a sad experience. <laughs> so, listeners of the podcast know that uh, I was not a Super Nintendo kid. I got a Genesis. Um, so, um, my Zelda growing up in the 90s was Crusader of Senti. And, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't get me yeah. wrong, it's a good game. But and it's, it's expensive it's, today. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah, that's like a I wish I still had cartridge. it. Let me, <laughs> I definitely say that. I wish I still had it. Yeah, that being too, said, so. um, <laughs> I had a friend who had a Super Nintendo, so I got to experience some Super Nintendo stuff. Um, but I really didn't. In, get to experiment or dive into the Super Nintendo library until like 2002, 2003, um, you know, when uh, it was, I think it was, uh, what is it, XS and SNES, I think it was the uh, emulator, um, oh, yeah, yeah. bare bones emulator, mm-hmm. that thing was fantastic, it still holds up today, that's a great emulator, Um but uh yeah that's when i first really experienced a link to the past i'd grown up you know with legend of zelda destroyed legend of zelda i don't know how many times um i still at least you know every six months or a year i usually pick up legend of zelda and just blow through it um and then 
Zelda 2 didn't really click with me. And I think it has to do with not so much the side-scrolling aspect of the game. It was the whole leveling up and, you know, having magic abilities and everything else. And I just, at that time, I just don't think it all clicked for me. And uh, then there was the Super Nintendo that I completely missed out on. And with that, like, I didn't end up getting um, Link's Awakening for the Game Boy I had, like, every other Game Boy game that you could think of, but for some reason I didn't have Link's Awakening. So I didn't have any experience with the Zelda franchise until Ocarina of Time. And then, even then, that was, like, going over a friend's house, because then, again, I was still a Sega kid, so I bought a Saturn. I, I like backing the wrong horse, you know? Um... <laughs> <laughs> so, and I didn't learn my lesson. I, I backed the Dreamcast too, so there's that. And uh, so, hey like, man, those systems are great. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny that Chris was talking about Wind Waker because Wind Waker was really my return to the franchise. And that game holds a special place in my heart because that was like the rebirth, you know, for me. Um, so I totally agree with Chris. That game still holds up. It's still fantastic. Very underrated. Um, but, uh, yeah, like up until, geez, the Wii Virtual Console, I think was the first time I really tried to sit down and play A Link to the Past. And, you know, by then, I'm, let's see, that's... Uh, try not to date myself too much, but that was, what, late 20s, early 30s? I'll throw it in that range. So, yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what I played. Um, it didn't blow my mind, you know what I mean? But um, it uh, it was impressive. And I still, from what I've played so far, I, I think this is probably one of the best Zelda games out there. Um, the story's fantastic. The art is beautiful. The music's great. Have there been better looking games? Yes. Are there better playing games? That's arguable. Um, I've recently been playing through A Link to the Past. Uh, not A Link to the Past, jeez. Um, Link's Awakening on the Switch. And that game, playing it... Um, reminds me so much of A Link to the Past and all the the things that Link to the Past got right and carried on through the series. So, yeah, I, uh, that's, that's pretty much, I guess, it in a nutshell. I was a deprived kid. I didn't have a Super Nintendo. <laughs> I had, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I got to experience Zelda you know, as a kid, but also, like, I didn't get to experience the best Zelda until I was, like, 30. So, it is what it is. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Greg. Better like than that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Greg yeah. passing judgment on me. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all, but, uh, it, so, yeah, it's funny you mentioned 30, because I forgot to mention this before. We actually... We delayed this podcast a little bit, but our original plan was actually had actually recorded this right around the time of the 30th anniversary of this game in mm. North America because it came out in North America in April on April 13th, uh, 1992. But at the time of recording this, it's still technically April, so uh, you know, close enough. We're so, in the window. 
Yeah, yeah. We're no technical stuff. about it. It is April 30th, 11.16 <laughs> p.m. We made it under the wire. Uh, not for much longer. And last not least, uh, Phil. Yeah, so first of all, sorry to my uh, live streamers. Apparently, I cannot get the audio that we're chatting to. I thought it was working, but it's not on this Aww. stream. So they've just been watching me play silently <laughs> late to the past. Like, is he here? Is everything okay? Hey, guys, what's up? So hello, all you people in the in the chat. I'm sorry. Uh, it was supposed to, I was really hoping it would work. I'm using a software and I thought it would work, but it's not. Apparently I tried fidgeting with it, but nonetheless. So, um, yeah, my history was Zelda. That's the question, right? Oh, by the way. Yeah. I'm the nose for gamer. I do a YouTube show. Yada, yada, yada. I did the Atari 1700 <laughs> game by game podcast. Yada, yada, yada. It's done. Uh, okay. So, uh, let's see. So my history, well, I want to go back, uh, you know, Ferg might appreciate it to the Atari 2600. Because uh, I grew up, as a lot of people know, I did not grow up with an NES. I was a budget-conscious kid. I didn't have a lot of money. I bought a 7800, and I got a ton, a ton of 2600 games on the cheap, like a buck at a garage sale, you know, back when NES games were like 30, 40 bucks a pop. And so I built up a massive library, and one of my favorite games was Adventure. And Adventure, to me, um, plays like a precursor to Zelda. It, there's a lot of similarities between the original adventure and Zelda mm -hmm. where, you know, you start in a castle, you go to the next screen, you get your sword. It's dangerous to go alone, you know, yep. and even has some of the same different uh, same kind of ideas, you know, find keys, navigating mazes, kill dragons uh, or ducks, whatever you play, uh, <laughs> pleasure is. And and so I was a big fan of of adventure. And then I remember I think it was a service merchandise I don't know if you guys had those by you, but uh, service merchandise, yeah, you know, you mm -hmm. buy the, I guess the, the gimmick there was you use tickets and then you got it on a conveyor belt for some reason. It was one of the most clumsy hmm. ways to buy products, but they had, yeah. <laughs> um, they had on there and I'm going to pause the game for a second. So hello stream. I'm pausing for a second. So they had on display um, a, a, a Zelda on an NES where usually you played Super Mario if you found an NES demo unit, right? And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then there was a friend I befriended in, in school. He was like picked on a lot. He was one of those kids. And I was like, why do people pick on people, you know? And I befriended him and he had an NES. And when I'd go over to his house, he played Zelda. That was like my real introduction to Zelda. And then later, later on... Uh, my buddy of mine, did you did you guys have the friend who got everything growing yes. up? Did any of you guys have that yes. friend? Because that was not me, but that was him. Like, he had every system, almost. Uh, he had a Genesis. He had a Super Nintendo. Uh, he had the Sega CD. He got the Saturn right away. You know, all that kind of cool stuff. And he got SNES Zelda. He got the, when it came out. And I remember going to his house and watching him play it. And, and he was play, he was fighting Ganon and he had the jars with fairies in them. And I'm like, that blew my mind. Don't ask me why. <laughs> but the fact that you had a jar with a fairy in it, which is kind of cruel when you think about it, but you had a jar with a fairy in it and you dump it out and you get the health or whatever. I was like, that's amazing to go from from adventure to the Legend of Zelda to to the Super Nintendo Zelda. And it really was to me super, right? Because the Super mm -hmm. Nintendo was all about making games super, so they sounded better, they looked better, they had more stuff. And this game is a Super Zelda, right? It took everything the original Zelda did, 
and it made it better and it added more stuff to do. Uh, so I, I would be the Zelda franchise is my favorite franchise of all time, bar none. And I've played a ton of the games. I played when I got a GameCube, I did a deal with the Nintendo Power where if you subscribed, you would get the, uh, the Zelda collector's disc, yes, which had Zelda. Mm. Yeah, you had collection. Zelda, Zelda 1, 2, and then you had also. Um, not Link to the Past, but you had no, Ocarina of Time, Time Majora's Mask, Majora's Mask the, the, and, the and a Wind Waker demo. Yeah, it had the Master yeah. uh, Well, that was a quest, right? That was a separate one. And what's oh, funny yeah, about that, was... that is I actually got uh, my, I got an amazing GameCube deal. It was right when they lowered the price to $100. Hmm. It came with the Game Boy Player bundled. It was a Walmart deal. Oh, wow. And it came with the Zelda master disc which was ocarina of time and a master version of the game like a harder where they switch things up mm-hmm. and yeah, i actually master flipped quest. that on ebay i sold it on ebay so i could buy my <laughs> nintendo power subscription and get the four game disc instead <laughs> so that, that that was my way of, of of doing that so i played that i played wind waker i played uh some of the ds games and if you ask me what what my favorite game is if i, if I have to go by what I played the most, it's the original Zelda. I've had it on my 3DS for a long time. I was part of the um, ambassador program where you got free games with it. Mm. And yeah. that was one of them. And I played Zelda 2 on there, too. And I don't think Zelda 2 is bad. It's just different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a different game. Uh, so I've played Zelda, the original Zelda, probably, I don't know, 10 times, a dozen times. So this is my first time preparing for this podcast. I've been streaming this on my show. This is the first time I played this game in over a decade. Oh, and I forgot to tell you how I actually got the game myself. Okay, so back it up. Um, <laughs> the year I got married, it's the early 2000s. I go to a garage sale and I buy my first Super Nintendo for five bucks. And it came with Oof. Super Mario World <laughs> wow. and it came with SimCity. Yes. An amazing deal. Even wow. at that time, I was like, yeah, this yeah. is awesome. That was my first Super Nintendo, and I started hitting up more yard sales. And one yard sale I went to, and I think the games were a dollar a piece. I bought a group, all their Super Nintendo games, including a little-known game called Chrono Trigger, <laughs> which I, I oh, think wow. it had its box and everything, <laughs> oh, you know, and, and this game. And, and 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 I think maybe Super Metroid too, like it, it like, oh man, and, and probably a stinker like Black Bass or something. But <laughs> I, it, but I bought them all. I just bought them all. It's like yes, yes, please. And so that's how I got that's how I got it. And so for this, I'm using the SNES Mini. I've been playing that because that's how I got it. And actually, this inspired me to buy a cartridge to do a proper review on my show. And the cartridges now they go for about thirty bucks a pop. 30 to 35 yeah, we'll about eBay pricing at the end. yeah so i bought one i got i got a decent deal i got like 27 bucks i found somebody and, and so that's actually in the mail on the way so whoo that's my story finally my streamers can <laughs> hear me say something <laughs> now i'm going to go back to being silent and playing it i'm i'm i got two crystals in i got the ocarina the flute which it's called here mm-hmm. yes i just got that i'm trying to figure out how to get to the third place in the in the dark world because i can't find a path so i'm just putzing around in the light world right now it's in the uh, lost forests i think you'll probably be better off if you walk through the, the lost forest and then try to transition to the dark world okay is there like a, yeah, a warp said. there or something <laughs> there okay, should i be will a, do I mean, that I, there's several warps warp outside of it. Yeah, several warps the, are hidden. So yeah, you need the second glove to get to the most obvious ones. But uh, there is, yeah, there should be a warp that'll get you over there. 
So, so I'll give that. Scenario, I'll I'll, I'll give that a go. I didn't too. mean to <laughs> d- detour the podcast too bad, but that's that's you know, my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> no, that's fine. Thank you very much, Bill. Appreciate it. So, uh, before, so before we move on, I probably should. Um, you know, I've got to mention. I probably should talk about a little bit about the game. Um, uh, the game's actual history, history and creation here. Uh, it came out in Japan in November of 1991 with the North American release, as we already mentioned, uh, following seven months later, like April of 92. And Europe got it fairly, like, fairly quickly after that, September of 92. They didn't have to wait a long time. Sometimes, that, that's, uh, sometimes, they had to, sometimes they had to do that for Super NES games. Um, it, this game actually started to work all the way back in 1988, like the NDS, when everything was known as Zelda 3. Um, and it wasn't very long before the flavor development of the game was moved to the Super NES, which was still just a prototype at that, at that point, because Super NES didn't come out in Japan until 1990. There is video online of like the Zelda 3 prototype out there for how far they got it on the NES today. Um, it's pretty interesting to look at. So, um, But the game itself, they made a few changes to the North American version. Not that much for um, all things... Um, all things considered, I'll touch upon I'll touch upon the changes in more detail later on. But um, the name is the most obvious thing that got changed because speaking of Japan, uh, 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 the name of the game literally translated from Japanese uh, is uh, Legend of Zelda: Triforce of the Gods. Um, but Nintendo, but Nintendo because the Nintendo because the religious religious uh, restrictions of the place at the time decided to, um, you know decided wanted to change the name. So in Link to the Past, I, I like the name. It's like it's very punny. And it also works very well describing this because you actually are back in the past. This game's a prequel to Zelda 1 and 2. Um, this is before the Zelda games got crazy with their like their their stories and like and trying to figure out well where the heck does this fit into the franchise and whatnot. So at least this one's fairly easy to fit in the timeline as far as that goes. So um, uh, like so I do appreciate it like for that reason as well and. Um, this game was this game definitely one of the heavy hitters in Super NES. It, it um, um, you know, according to this I found on the line, this is the this is the uh, the seventh best-selling game in the system period. Uh, it was a pack-in at one point. I never saw a Super NES pack. Um, I remember seeing actually I take that back. I do remember seeing a Super NES pack-in with Zelda in the stores, but uh, I'm assuming it was a late pack-in. Maybe with the Zelda. Yeah, someone told me it was with the yeah. uh, on the stream it was with the Model Two. The Model Two, I, the, yeah, the mini one. Yeah. That makes sense. So, but uh, yeah, so about 4.6 million copies of this game sold, um, like all together, uh, which is like very good figures for the time period. Like I said, seventh best Super NES game, uh, 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 seventh game of all time. The the map of the, the, the map of the tips gave you uh, included the game gave you a, gave you gave you quite a lot to get gave you quite a lot to get in the game. I also had the official Nintendo's player guide for this game, which was great. There was a lot of coverage. Uh, in that like in that book, it really like really walked you through the whole the, the whole game with like maps and details and instructions and whatnot. So definitely, so yeah, um, those are probably harder to find these days as well too. But you know those, um, so, but yeah, that guy was definitely like very awesome to make as well too. So and this game has released numerous been released numerous times over the years in numerous formats. It was like it was like it, 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 was, like it was on the Game Boy, um, the Game Boy Advance, the GameCube, ver- several virtual consoles. Uh, Super NES Minis, just like it's already established. Uh, it's yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's a very commonly, uh, you know, very common, easy to find uh, uh, game to play these days. If you want, if you want to do it, but you don't need to shut the money for an original card if you don't want to. You can get the game, I'm sure, online for maybe like ten bucks or or, or, or something like that. It, 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 it's definitely very, very easy and cheap to pick up these days to play because it, 
you know, tends to, you know, tends to been how popular it is, like, over the years as well. It's so. included in Nintendo Switch Online as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. so, but, but, yeah, numerous formats as well. But anyway, um, let's move on to those graphics that we've already talked about like, a little bit here in the system. Um, Chris, why don't you get us going here, please? All right, so, I mean, I already talked a little bit about the, uh, the visuals with the rain uh, hitting me up right in the beginning, but... So, as a gigantic fan of the original NES Legend of Zelda, um, one of the things I used to love to do, and, and I think a lot of this comes from me starting off with the Atari, was like, it was all imagination, you know, you'd, you'd be looking at the screen, you're moving a bunch of squares around, but then you look at the box art, and these, these gorgeous, detailed paintings, um, so a lot of the way that I would play games when I was a kid had a lot to do with, like, I understand that the visuals I'm seeing in this game are just a the best representation that the artists could make with the technology. And I would fill in all the blanks in my head. And something that always kind of felt weird about the original Legend of Zelda was the lack of green on the ground. You know, you go everywhere you go, the ground is, you know, tan, like it's sand. Yeah. And most of the green comes from either Link or the trees that are around. So... The most striking thing to me uh, was the how green this game is. The 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 grass on the ground, especially contrasting against the um, the blue of the waters, is just absolutely perfect to me. Um, like right now, on Phil's stream, uh, he's got he's walking through the lost woods after you've gotten the master sword, and. It's it's such a simple effect, and they do something similar to this a couple of times throughout the course of the game where they've just got this overlay of light coming through this mm -hmm. canopy of trees that moves at a different pace. Uh, it just scrolls at a different pace as the, uh, than, than where the, the, the actual ground that you're moving across is. And it's just it's a simple effect, but it is so incredibly effective. Uh, a similar effect like this is up on Death Mountain. When you go up on Death Mountain and you, you walk uh, close to the edge and you see this multi-layered scrolling happening way down on the bottom and you can see Hyrule underneath you of like how high up you are and it was this sense of scale and the attention to detail in this game's visuals that were just constantly astonishing um, especially you know playing it right when it first came out because even at that point there weren't a lot of games that looked this good you playing it now I, I i imagine playing it now for the first time uh, having seen what video <laughs> games look like now it could be somewhat underwhelming if not for the just top-notch art direction here like it's such an amazing looking game uh not just straight up graphics but the way the graphics are interpreting this art direction so beautifully well um it's it's a it's such a pleasant game to look at Okay, uh, thank you very much. Yep, that's, um, that's a good summary. So you, you definitely made everybody's work easier, I think, from the start <laughs> by going first. So I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> no problem. Uh, Fur, follow up on that, uh, please. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> um, I'm, well, I'm not really a graphics guy, obviously, since I love the 2600 so much. I'm more the gameplay. But I'm, I can see how I mean just the Super Nintendo over the Nintendo the, the pixels are much smaller so you get more detail that way um, and when you try to make a uh, uh, what's this thing mm -hmm. the uh, pearler beads of a Super Nintendo it doesn't look as good because it's 
because the pixels are so small and it just looks like a, a mess. Um, anyway, I, I do like like what Chris was saying about the green and the blue. It does contrast nicely. I like that. Um, I like the. Uh, wasn't there like yes, a, a smoke effect? Yes. Yeah, when you before you get the master sword. The oh, that scene where yeah. you pick up the sword. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, I still get chills. <laughs> Man, I was I was uh, streaming that the other night, uh, a couple nights ago, and someone in the chat is like, this is making me cry. You know, it's like, they're like, it's like a movie. And so I could definitely see that. Yeah, I guess I have something to look forward to. <laughs> picking up the fake one. Um, but yeah, I don't really have much to say about the graphics other than... Yeah, uh... Them. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's short and sweet, but it, it, um, but it, um, but it's pretty much like here's my thoughts as well too. I mean, like you know, this is, you know, like Chris said, this game is gorgeous. I think this is still these graphics today. I think still hold up as being like the epitome of like 16-bit graphics. Like, you think if I, if I say somebody I want to make an indie-style game with 16-bit graphics, they're probably gonna, you know their minds like their minds probably gonna go to Zelda because these graphics these graphics still look really good to nowadays and how just how handsome they that they are. You know, they're bright, they're colorful, they're detailed. Uh, the, Nintendo always did this like their games. Just the artwork, the artwork is just like amazing with like how they did everything with like the, the shifting colors, the patterns and whatnot. And like the, um, the programming trick that they did to have to, to, to have a dark world in this game as well, because it's like the light and the dark world, they share the same palette. Uh, the programmers were able to get around that restriction and be able to save um, and, and make it work uh, on limited, uh, you know, limited memory memory of the cart by basically having the same pal. They just, uh, pal, they just made some tweaks. So we, but the tweaks are effective enough so it's like the dark world actually looks very, very different than the light world, even though it's really just the same palette. So uh, just the graphical, the graphical tricks that Nintendo did with this game is like still holds up like holds up like very well today. And just like, um, yeah, it's like everything's like everything's like bright and colorful. Some of the enemies don't. Or some of the enemies are not as rec are not recognizable for what they were in Zelda. For example, I think like you know, um, you know, like you know, like Stalfos definitely are recognizable. But like Moblins took me a while to be like, oh yeah, that's a Moblin, isn't it? So, mm, but yeah, um, the graphical tricks in this game are so cool. Like I really just love Link. Uh, the small things in this game really it, it, like still impress me. They wowed me back then. They still impress me now. Like like Chris mentioned, the spinning tri spinning spinning triforces is the start of the game. Uh, I love the effect of Link going up and down stairs. Because you have like oh yeah yeah so yeah because you actually because, because Eric is actually curves you actually like see Link walking you up down see the him walk diagonal which has always drove me crazy because yeah. you can walk diagonal in the game so they've drawn him moving diagonally but yes. you don't ever see it when he's walking diagonally and also like with the enemies uh you know uh, uh, uh like you know like this shows up like like right away like in like uh, Hyrule Palace uh, I mean we've um the start of the game trying to rescue Zelda. Uh, but you see this also like there on the game. I love the trick of like knocking an enemy off the ledge. He does that Looney Tune thing where like, you know, he oh, suspends yeah. air for a couple mm -hmm. seconds, like flailing his arms and legs like, like wildly before he like drops. It's so good. But just the graphical, the graphical touch of this game are like, mmm, just like chef's kiss. They're just like amazing. They still hold up, um, you know, they still, uh, they still hold up. They looked amazing back then. They still hold up very well, um, you know, very well 30 years later, I think. This is, like I said, this is the epitome of like 16-bit graphics. Because I think there are better, there are better Super NES, there are better looking Super NES games like Super Castlevania 4, I think. I love the graphics of that game as well too, for example. But just like the what what the game is trying to portray, this is like Zelda in like pure Zelda format, if that makes sense. So 
uh, it, it's just amazing they did. It's amazing that they did the game with graphics this good so, so, so soon that the system came out. Um, you know, uh, email, like, um, so like within like a year or two for, for sure. So, um, Joe, how about you? Um, you know, I knew that you, um, so I knew that you're, so, um, like, you know, the graphics of the Super NES are maybe a little bit better, arguably, than the Genesis. So I'm curious to hear what you think. Yeah, so, you know, coming to this late, obviously, I've seen more graphically impressive games and whatnot. So I can't, you know, judge, um, you know, real first impressions. But if I go back to my 1992 mindset in seeing this game, um, I second everything you guys have said. The very beginning with the spinning Triforce, um, I still kind of feel like a kid when I see it because... It's not something I experienced back then, but to see it now, like, I know, like, the first time you see that, that's just amazing. And to know that it's coming from, you know, the system that's, you know, just only, you know, I can't say only slightly above the NES, but you know what I mean? Like, at the <laughs> time I experienced it, like, you know what I mean? Like, to me, like, the NES is, you know, almost... Primitive, you know what I mean, and then you take this jump to the Super Nintendo, and uh, you know the Genesis was my reference, and this game's like a lot of the Genesis stuff. The sound chips sucked. Period. End of story on that one. Um, I really did not enjoy a lot of the the sound and the cat meows and yells and bleeps and bloops. Um, the Genesis definitely left a lot as far as, um, desired for, for sound. The Super Nintendo, on the other hand, um, despite coming it, to it later, um, like I said, I had a friend who had a Super Nintendo, so I got to experience things like Super Mario Brothers and F-Zero, and a little bit of, you know, Zelda, but I never got to see the opening of Zelda. It was one of those, like, I'd go over to his house, he'd already be playing it, and because he was already playing it... It was like, well, I'm not shutting this off so that we could play something else. So just walk around the, the you know, overworld and kind of deal with it. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the game's beautiful. It's colorful. Um, everything pops. And I mean everything. If I compare this to a Genesis game, you know, other than the sound and stuff like that, graphically... A lot of Genesis games were just dark and drab, and that's the total opposite of what you were getting with the Super Nintendo. And that was by design. The Genesis was supposed to have attitude and, you know, homosonic and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I always thought it was funny when they were like, you know, Genesis does what Nintendo don't. Yeah, Nintendo wouldn't put something dark and dreary on their system. They have bright, beautiful colors that make everything pop, and it's fantastic. Um, and this game is a shining example of that. Um, and we said the same thing when we covered Chrono Trigger, and it holds true here as well. Like, it is beautiful and so well done that it is... Um, I don't even think it's arguably. It, it is timeless. Period. End of story. Well said. Thank you very much. Uh, last but not least, for sure, Phil. Oh, I just died. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh, I'm like six seconds behind on the... 
<laughs> oh yes. I'm, uh, uh, oh, sorry. No, I I made it. I'm fine. Oh, I, no, I did die. Uh, no, I mean, this is so. For those who are watching the stream and can only hear my voice, I was just asked what I think about the graphics. And yes, the graphics. It's it's a super game. It's it's uh, Zelda with an extra layer of paint, and it looks really nice. And I agreed. Uh, you know what you were talking about the the effect in the forest with the the light coming through. Uh, I think Mode Seven is used very well with the uh, with the with the map. Mm. I thought that, that was done nicely. That was a good use of Mode Seven. You know, some games just try to cram it in, but this one does a pretty good job, I think, with it. I mean, what what y'all said it really well. Uh, I I will say I know it's a silly thing, but I like the effect, the glowing effect. Like some of the the um, uh, some of the things have like a, a glow, like there's orbs that go around, and they have. Mm -hmm. There's something about the SNES glow that I really find nice, really find find pleasing. Oh, and I don't know if anyone said this. I think the bosses look pretty pretty darn good. Oh, I, yeah. I think, oh they do. I, yeah, I, I think I, for sprite based gaming, you have some really nice looking bosses. So yeah, I'll just that leave it there. first boss in the dark world, the first mm. time I walked into the room with that giant helmet sword, I was like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> it was nuts. <laughs> you, um, uh, I, I, Greg, I think you mentioned something else that uh, was really fun to hit on as far as the graphics was the evolution of them from the NES. Um, yeah. One of the things that makes the Super Nintendo my favorite system ever was seeing that evolution of 8 to 16-bit games. So when you, you see the things in this game, like the thing that killed Phil was the, uh, the Gibdos, the mummies, um, the, the evolution of like look, remembering those sprites from the NES game of like the Octoroks and the, 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 the mummies and even the, like the, the wall masters, the hands, like those, the evolutions of those from 8 to 16-bit was, was so incredibly well done. Like it was such an awesome thing. And by the way, fun fact, uh, the, the mummies that you're, you're running into, if you smack them with the ice rod, you can freeze them and then smack them with a hammer and you'll get magic out of them, yep. which is a really oh. good tip. Well, I just got magic anyway, but yeah, awesome. That's a, that's a good, you know, I never thought about, I just got thrown out of the dungeon or back to the beginning. I never thought about what's interesting about live streaming, playing this and, and, and you being able to see that is the little things in this game that you don't realize, you know, like there, there's all these little, like I never thought about, oh yeah, these are the same Zelda one enemies with a fresh coat of paint. It mm -hmm. didn't click. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I mean, the hand did. The mummies didn't for some reason because that shows how much graphical upgrades or how much the evolution improved mm -hmm. where they don't even look like the same mummies. It's like a totally different <laughs> mummy. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, very good point, everybody. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, let's move on to musing sound effects. Uh, Chris, uh, start us off again, please. Absolutely. I love this game's soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> the music. <sighs> All right. So love the, you know, the original Legend of Zelda theme, you know, the main theme, um, er everything getting up to that point. You start off the game. The music is all like, you know, uh, the, the, the rain happening and the, the, the strings. Give us a few bars. <laughs> <laughs> it's all mysterious and stuff. Uh, and then like it, it, you get out of the sanctuary 
after hearing those like you know sampled choir sound <laughs> effects, which are just really they're not quite as silly as the the sampled voice sound effects in uh, was it Ocarina of Time, <laughs> which are quite silly but like you get you get those that that whole choir thing going on and then you go outside and the doors open in the sanctuary and the trumpets playing this fully quote-unquote orchestrated version mm. of the uh, original zelda soundtrack it's like oh this is incredible but as great as the music in this game is which it is great the sound design is really really what kills me like walking through the shallow water in the sewers yes. And you hear the echo um, when you're using your sword and you tap on something and it makes a different hollow sound so you can tell you can bomb it. Um, the, uh, the Probably the coolest sound effect in the history of video games and visual effect is when you switch between the light and the dark world. Mm -hmm. Oh, that everything goes white and it gives the sound. So 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 cool, and the monster sound effects, like the the sound design of the the way the sound effects work in this game, are so incredibly well done. So as as great as Koji Kondo's soundtrack is in this game, which it is great, the sound effects I think are really what what mm. brings this game, <laughs> makes the whole thing feel so much more tactile because it it just. The whole world of this game is so very alive, and a lot of that comes from how well implemented the sound is. So, yeah, big thumbs up all around, especially on the effects when it comes to sound. Great, thank you. Uh, yeah, appreciate appreciate that detail. Um, Ferg, you anything that you want to like add on to that? Sure. Um, I really liked. This is probably my favorite. The Super Nintendo soundtrack of a game that I've actually played because <laughs> for a while there I was listening to a lot of SNES stuff and uh, a lot of games I never played through but this one is definitely up there uh, like Chris said the this, um, the sound effects are really good too there's parts in the in the songs that kind of sound like sound effects like uh, I guess I think it's yep. Kane. yes yeah, yeah, yeah. it's got the weird little splashy sound there's a there's a that this, yes, it. that's what that's what I was referring to. Yeah, and I love the um, this the song uh, the fortune teller guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then you get that really dissonant, like it's every note in the in the scale playing all at one time. It's really, I really love that song, and it it just it it just keeps you going. The soundtrack keeps it propels you forward to keep wanting to play, and. Uh, yeah, it's just it's good, and this was the first time uh, that I had a stereo TV, so I nice. could uh, enjoy the sound. Yeah, have, you, have you happened to play Cadence of Hyrule at all? It it, it has a no. lot of like really fun reimaginings of this specific game's music. It takes most of its cues from uh, Link to the Past, and it's really it's really wild. I yeah yeah I not, yeah I not listened to it either, so I have to check it out. Very cool. Really, really cool game. Weird, but very cool. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, just to add on to what you guys were saying, um, you know, I think, so, I agree this is a very good soundtrack. <laughs> it's definitely a great soundtrack by Zelda standards. Um, I think Super NES has better soundtracks, but the soundtrack here for what it is is very, very effective. Um, you know, like Chris said, just like the, um, you know, hearing that, hearing that classic Zelda, Zelda theme 16-bit glory, like when you, like, actually, like, leave, um, uh, like you know, leave the um, you know, leave the 
like leave the uh, what do they call it? Like it's not a church, even though it technically is a church. Sanctuary. Um, sanctuary. It's sanctuary. Yeah, it's just it's like just like, uh, amazing. So um, there's not a lot of songs in this game. I think uh, game. I think you actually, if you look at a list, uh, look at the list. There's only like 12 songs. So it's not as so it's not as so uh, so, so, so soundtrack's definitely not as packed as other packed other games, for example. Um, but the exception. Well, the exception of Sanctuary music, which I really don't care for that much. I'm sorry, but uh, the exception of that one, everything else in this game, everything else in this game, the sound, the sounds great. Um, besides the Zelda theme, I also really love the boss theme uh, music because it's so simply <laughs> so, short. Yes. It's very intense. It's like you know those drums and like the trumpets playing. It's like really like you know get you in the mood for like some serious combat. So. Um, that intro in particular, just mm -hmm. you walk in a room. Also, the opening piece, that short little piece that plays, we turn on the game to go to the spinning Triforce, just so good. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's just so, so good. But just that, you know, brave little heroic theme to get you like, yeah, let's do it. So uh, just, just a great way to open up the game for sure. So, yeah, again, the music, the music, the music of this game's held up, has held great over the years. Um, Joe, how about you? What do you think about the music overall? Um, well, I just bought, um, what's the Skyward Sword for the Wii just for the soundtrack because, uh, mm. it's got an orchestrated sound, uh, soundtrack CD and, uh, they have quite a few pieces through the years, but, um, you know, a good portion of those pieces are from A Link to the Past and done very well. Um, so yeah, needless to say, I love the music in this game. Um, and you know, the spinning Triforce is cool. We've already discussed that, but you know, with also that dun -dun 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 -dun, as it comes in, oh, I love it. I love it. Um, sound effects are on point. Like Chris was saying, like just walking through water, it's such a small detail but it's such a good one. Like, the sound... Like, when you're in the swamp, <clears throat> there's a point where, like, you know, you're walking through some water. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, you're walking through water. It's whatever. You're walking through the swamp. You're outside. But then once you get into <laughs> the would-be dungeon and you, you walk through puddles that way, it just it echoes. And it sounds like you're there. Um, and that's yeah. the... That's the big takeaway from this game, is that this game, unlike the other Zeldas where you had to use your imagination, the game itself immerses you into what it, the story it's trying to tell. And it does such a good job of that, especially with the sound. Very well said, thank you. Uh, and, and finally, Phil. Yeah, it stinks. <laughs> thank you jay Sherman. <laughs> that was a good show uh, i like this guy greg you should have him on more um now, now let me say that the one thing i will say does anybody else get annoyed when you're like down to your last heart and the little oh, always like i just had that yeah I mean, panicked, but well, yeah. it's a reward for dying. Like, hey, I don't have to listen to it anymore. <laughs> so, th yeah, it's very effective. I'll agree. Uh, very atmospheric. Uh, very well done. Like I said before, it's very super. I will say, graphics, sound, the whole shebang. There are other Super Nintendo games that do it better, but for Zelda, it's 
it's it's it's perfect for what it is it, it fits it very well i i i want to give props to the wa- running through the puddles great great sound effect also the use of wind mm. there are some really good wind mm. sounds in this you know so yeah sound in the music is is i don't there's nothing more, much more i can say it's 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 a it's classic it's very well done uh uh, the only other thing I'll add too is the the Super Nintendo has this reverb quality to it, uh, you know, like you're in like a an empty room or empty space sometimes, and sometimes it's overdone. Uh, but I think in here they use it very well in the dungeons to give it like you know more atmosphere, like you are in a cave, you are in a in a big place to explore. So yep, thumbs up. Great, awesome, thank you. I so, forgot. Uh, I forgot a couple of important sound things. I'm sorry. I'm sure sorry. Fine. Go ahead. <laughs> this game was like the birthplace mm. of some really, really, really important musical cues mm. that reappear in the rest of the series, like um, oh, the, the uh, right. Zelda's Lullaby appeared in this uh, mm-hmm. for the first time. Like uh, Ferg just said, the fairy theme. Yeah. The file yeah, yeah, select. Yeah, yeah. This is the first the first game that came from uh, when you pull the master sword. Um, uh, that is when you pull the master knocker of time they did that again there and the um we were talking about the the spinny triforce thing uh in the beginning of this game that's uh in the big i guess i don't want to spoil wind waker but like the big reveal in wind waker when you find out who princess zelda is mm-hmm. uh that they use that uh intro from a link to the past like including the spinny triforce thing and then the song that comes after it it's like they this game was like the seminal moment for so much of the future of Legend of Zelda, especially sonically. So, yeah, I had to say that. There, back that's to you. fine. <laughs> it's actually like a great segue to our next topic of discussion because it's like you know, um, separate this one for gameplay. I was thinking maybe we just talk about because we already have talked about the gameplay a little bit, but you know, what I'm looking to, I'm looking to have you guys talk about what you really like about the gameplay itself, how how the game actually feels in your hands playing it, and which things, you know, which things from this. That carry over into later games that you really like or dislike. You want to like say that, and um, you know, overall how the challenges to this, the challenge of this game is, I think, uh, um, you know, to you as far as like a Zelda game goes. So, um, do you want to like get us going again, uh, uh, Chris? Like of that? Yeah, absolutely. As far as a uh, gameplay is concerned, um, this uh, that's that's another thing that was really important that carried over to uh, later Zelda games was the way Link swings his sword, which was an intrinsic difference in the way you play this game as opposed to uh, Zelda and Zelda 2. Um, I mean, Zelda 2, a lot of the action, most of the action is side-scrolling, so him just stabbing forward isn't... him swinging his sword wouldn't have made that much of a difference, but in the first Zelda, you stab forward. In this game... I'll never forget the feeling of the first time pressing the button and seeing him swing the sword all the way around and that it does yeah. damage in, in this, like, arc in front of you instead of just what's directly in front of you. And, you know, coupled that with the ability to move diagonally, uh, and it just made the game feel so much more accessible and so you, you had so much better control over Link himself, uh, which made the game more fun to play. Uh, you picking up things and throwing things always feels uh, feels very good. The way that they added uh, dimensionality to it, there's not just going upstairs and downstairs, which will take you to a different room, but being able to go upstairs and downstairs within a singular room. Like, there's another floor underneath you in this very room, so you just have to find a set of stairs or jump down <laughs> to this little a level below you. Like, those, de- those gameplay elements were spectacular. And then also 
taking, you know, factoring in stuff from Zelda 2, like magic. You know, there was no magic in the first first game, but magic was a huge part of Zelda 2. So instead of spells, you have items that consume magic, or you eventually get, you know, sort of like spells, but the, um, uh, the medallions that work like spells that, that do all kinds of crazy stuff, which is super fun. Magic powder, like, the game is very fun to play, and that's what the best Zelda games do best is they worry about what's fun to play and then build around that. And th this game is just a shining example of Nintendo doing what they do best, which, uh, which is th the whole design of gameplay, uh, gameplay style and then build something fantastic around it. And this game in particular, it's just so obvious that they, they paid so very close attention to what makes this game fun to play as opposed to what on paper makes it quote-unquote good because that's something you run into a lot and one of the reasons that I have always gravitated more towards being a Nintendo fan than a Sega fan especially back in the old days is that I felt like a lot of what Sega's games did and this I've, I've, come, to, uh, I've come to understand is just a difference in the way some people experience games a lot of people th get a lot out of the experience of playing a game, whereas, isn't it cool that I can do this thing, whether or not it's legitimately a fun thing to do? So, like, something like Grand Theft Auto has never appealed to me because I don't care that I can drive around and do the things you can do in Grand Theft Auto because I don't think it's fun to do those in the game. So it's... Whereas this game, every single thing that you do using the hookshot is a great idea on paper but it's actually fun to use in the game, and that's what makes it so special. Great. Yep. Uh, definitely very well said. So once again, thank you for going first. I think you're going to help everybody else. Uh, um, definitely. <laughs> yeah, thanks for stealing all our answers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it was well said, because I thought I kind of lost myself in there for a while. Jeez, but who invited Chris, Chris here tonight? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, let me also well before we move on, let me also ask Chris one question because I think he's probably the best qualified 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 thing of always to answer this. What do you think about so? What do you think about the overall difficulty of this game with the other Zelda games? Do you think this game is harder, easier than other games in the franchise? Like, how do you feel? Uh, that's kind of a hard one for me to answer because I've I've played it so many times. Like, I've played this game through to conclusion so many times. I could basically beat it in my sleep, but. There is, I, I do think there is a, a decent chunk of challenge in the actual execution of things. Like sometimes the puzzles can seem pretty obtuse, but not quite as obtuse as, say, the original NES game or even Zelda 2. Um, but it comes in the actual execution. Like I'm, I'm, I'm watching Phil's stream right now, and I'm like, oh, he's pulling the, he was pulling that statue and kept <laughs> getting grabbed by the wall master. Like that timing is is legitimately tough. You've got to be listening for when the wall master is going to come down, and then walk away, wait till he goes away, and then go back and pull the pull the statue a little bit further. So even when you know what you're doing, um, the execution can be kind of difficult. Another great example of that is the uh, the third boss in the Light World, the beginning of the big snake that you have to keep hitting in the tail. Mm. Mm, yep. I mean, you know exactly what you got to do, but sometimes he's just going to knock you off, and then you got to climb back upstairs and start all over again. So it's definitely not the hardest game in the world. Uh, I think the difficulty is extraordinary. It's, it's very fair, um, is what I would say about this game's overall difficulty. Like, we're not talking Mega Man or Ninja Gaiden here. We're talking something that is has a pretty decent learning curve. And as compared to the rest of the Zelda games, I think it's 
easier than Zelda? Definitely easier than Zelda 2, because that game's... That game's just me. <laughs> um, but as far as, like, other games after it, I think this handles difficulty a lot better. Whether, whether it's harder than something like Ocarina is kind of difficult to, to judge, I think. But, like, I find this game way easier than, say, Majora's Mask, because I think this game's far more fun than Majora's Mask. So the difficulty is tied to how enjoyable it is to actually play. So, yeah, it's really hard, but it's also kind of encouraging and forgiving in certain ways. So, yeah, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yes, it did very much. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, can I, can I add two cents on that, on just that sure, difficulty sure. thing, since you sure. brought it up? You know, I'm going to say that it's not a difficult game. There is some things where you don't know what to do, right? Where this is, it makes me wonder, you brought up the strategy guide. Like, was there ever a thing like, let's put just a couple things in there where they need to get the strategy guide or subscribe to Nintendo Power? Mm. Like, there's a few things where, like, how would you think of that, right? Uh, without some sort of a hint or, and games did that back then. But overall, I mean, I've been playing this, according to the meter on my SNES Mini, I've been playing this for like four or five hours and I'm got two crystals down and it never gets to the point where I want to throw my controller against the wall. It, it's it there's frustrations, but it's, it's like, you know, I think I could do this. And of course they give you all the other stuff. So no, I think it's, I think what makes it, I wouldn't say difficult. It's bigger compare this to yeah. Zelda and it's bigger. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is the original Zelda, they gave you, you know, put in link and you could play a second harder difficulty, right? Mm -hmm. Where they mix, mix up everything. This kind of already does that with the dark world element, right? Right. Like yes. now you, you go back and forth. So I just wanted to chime in about the difficulty before I uh, die in my live stream. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so, like, you know, we'll just consider that to be your time to speak. Uh, but, uh, I mean, like, oh, thanks topic, a lot. So. <laughs> 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 that's fine going out of order. Like, you know, like, you know, five people, five, you know, five people on the podcast can be a bit hard to manage sometimes. So, um, but yeah, so uh, just to just add on real quick what you're saying, I posted a picture, I posted pictures in the Discord about, uh, about the actual uh, tips and t uh, the secrets, uh, secrets to guy that came with the game, and I think it's pretty good as far as like you know, giving you some basic tips to help you to help you with help you with the game because it covers areas in the dark world as well as uh, dark world as well as light world. I don't think you have to purchase a guide to succeed this game. You know, um, I the guide certainly helped me, but I helped me, but I but, but I didn't have the guide to original Zelda or Zelda Two. I just simply just used the hints I was given the manual and manual and just like slugged through it that way. So, um, but yeah, so I think. I think this game, um, the, the, the hints, the hints give you a nudge in the right direction that you don't even have to open up and open up um, if you didn't want to. So, I will but, say uh, I think it was easier to play through Zelda One without a guide. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 yeah I agree yes. with that. Wow. Because Zelda's more abstract, you know, um, for, 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 for various reasons. I think Link to the Past does a better job of telegraphing things to you. Yeah, I found I found Link to the Past easier than Zelda One without a guide. Uh, I remember just struggling a lot with the first Zelda to be like, I mean, how, how the heck do you? I, I had to ask friends. Like it was all like like, like schoolyard stuff. Like I had to I'm call sorry, the you game counselors the to figure out how to, to figure out how to get past the Grumble Grumble um, model. because that right? just occurred to me. Uh, playing the flute in front of the the lake. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> Okay, cool. That's neat. Well, you know what? Maybe what? it's because I actually put I I read a Nintendo Power on it before I played it. 
So maybe they're, <laughs> but th- both games have these little things like, you know, you talk about the flutes. I mean, this one has the flute. It's not called an ocarina yet. So there's definitely different areas. To me, I think Zelda one was easier just because there was less, less stuff that you had to manage. Your inventory mm-hmm. wasn't as okay. large. So I think, I think that's where yeah, that it goes to. Yeah, I, 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 I was more of a, a getting lost thing in Zelda for me. Like, all right, where the heck was, where was that one thing I have to burn down to get to level right. uh, level eight? Where I did that <laughs> earlier. Where was it? It was over there. I yeah. still have problems finding level two for some reason. <laughs> All the time I play that yeah. game, level two for some reason. Just can't yes. point it out on the map. Every other level, no problem at all. Two, lose it every yeah. time. But, I, yeah, I guess it's just a, I think it just comes down to the different ways that you play games. Like Because I felt like this one was more guided and more like, all right, this is it. here's your map. It shows you this is where the one is. This is where the two is, and like just just go there. Uh, whereas no Zelda one get was, there, but at least you know like where to go. Yeah, it's like general direction. Okay, I gotta head over here now. Well, that one's in the middle of a lake. What the heck do I do there? So, <laughs> but then you just kind of it, it it does a better job of nudging you. Not necessarily better because it's 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 part of the technology. You know this this game had so much more under the hood to offer as far as that kind of stuff is concerned there's text and narrative of talking to people as opposed to just random dude in the caves uh <laughs> saying like you know play the what was it play the flute where fairies don't live or something that's right. that's the hint that gets you into the level seven but like i i didn't interpret that when i was a kid i was I don't know what that means. I still don't know what eastmost peninsula <laughs> means. I've got no idea. But, uh, but yeah, it hides a it, secret. Yeah. It, it does. What is the secret? It's a so secret kind of to related, everybody. Yeah, so kind of related to that, the thing I was the, like, so the thing that always got me for the original Zelda, because you made some great points, but the, great points, but the thing that always confused the heck out of me for many, many years, for years, was the, um, do you remember in the manual for Zelda where it says to give you the, uh, like, you know, um, how it gives you those hints on the bottom of the pages, like, like, like you read through the manual. One of the hints is about how to defeat the poet's voice, like those, um, uh, those, uh, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. those, uh, those bunnies with the big ears. And, you know, the hint just yeah. basically says they hate loud noises. Yep. And so yep. you think you have to use uh, the whistle to defeat them, but you don't use the arrows. Mm-hmm. So I found out years later that they actually... It's a reference to the Famicom yep. version. The Famicom <laughs> version. They messed up... Yeah, they messed up translating it because they because the Famicom because the Famicom came with a, a microphone a, a, a microphone built into Player One controller, and the players the Japanese version would actually blow in blow into their controllers to defeat him. But you know, obviously they obviously they took that out with the American version, but they forgot to take out of the manual. So, you know, and for years, yeah, that so. confused me a lot too. <laughs> yep. So, uh, but yeah, so I definitely agree with you about like you know super the Super NES version at least maybe. You know, just being a, a bigger game is a bit easier to a bit easier to figure out. So, um, anyway, we've already said quite a lot, Ferg. I'm sure you can add something to the, <laughs> uh, add something to this conversation, like your own thoughts. Um, I think the Zelda games do a pretty good job of guiding you where to go next, but there's always a lot of extra stuff you can find. Um, I think with this game, it mm. started uh, the cracked walls, which. You can either run into or blow up with the bombs, whereas before, you would spend a lot of bombs trying to find the. Uh, or even worse, uh, is that what a second quest? Invisible walls. Oh, I hated those. <laughs> Ugh, thank oh, God! Yeah, thank God that's not that. around. I just, I just like that they're. It, it's not. It doesn't seem. Um, how do I put this? 
it, it seems pretty laid back. Mm. It's not, you're not trying to rush everywhere to get the things. I'm not sure if I'm explaining that right, but um, it it can it can be hard to get to places. I remember um, I was just playing earlier, trying to get to the swamp castle, and I couldn't remember how to get there. <laughs> and I couldn't remember where my own house was, and so <laughs> it was hard to get to the swamp castle. Was trying to find that stupid fish <laughs> to carry back to the village, which I couldn't do without dying. So, um, but it just. It, it seems simpler to me than the original Zelda and Zelda 2. Definitely Zelda 2. Um, it doesn't... Uh, I, I think... Uh, who said it? Chris, I think, said that it doesn't... You don't want yeah, to I said that. Down. Somebody, I forget who said it now, but... Okay, Phil said it. But yeah, it's definitely... I definitely feel that way, even though <laughs> I die a lot because I stink at video games and I have to look at a guide all the time. But I still enjoy playing it, even though... Uh, what, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, man. That guy was serious, too. That was wacky. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> this is how you should enjoy things. So, yeah. But it, I just... I, I enjoy the gameplay. I love all the... <laughs> When I first got the NES, I looked at the controller and I was like, this is a lot of buttons. And then I said the same thing when I got the Super Nintendo. But they, you, I think they utilize them pretty well. There's a lot of stuff you can do with them. Um, and it, it's not... you, you it, it gives you those things one at a time so you learn how to use them and then you master it and then you go on to the next thing like uh, pulling on the lever or picking up those big giant rocks which I just got to tonight. Um... I, I just like the way they parse, parcel everything out um, so it's not too much all at once, even though I'm still... When I get to the uh, the bosses, I still button mash a lot. And yeah, I just I just panic when I get to bosses, but I've done pretty good with them so far, the bosses that I've Great, beaten, thank you. So. Uh, yep. Uh, That's it. Sorry, was that it? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, once again, I agree with a lot what you guys said. I'll try to add on some points I don't think anybody's mentioned quite yet. Um, yeah, just the, uh, how many things this game introduced, like I mentioned before in the, in the past, this game's a good bridge game in the sense that there's still a lot of things carried over to this game from Zelda 1 and 2, but there's still a lot of things that, the things that, to get, things that got started in this game that became staples of the uh, like all the Zelda games that come, like the Hookshot, um, you know, and the Ocreana, which is called the Flute. Uh, Shooting things in the eye with an arrow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, so a lot of staples uh, for the series, uh, you know, got their start here, like uh, like for sure. Also, um, there's also the, there's also, uh, Link was always left-handed, but you didn't know he was left-handed in the original Zelda game because, because of those those graphics, but in this this game, you can tell he's left-handed, except, um, except because of programming reasons, when he's facing to the right, uh, he's swinging his sword like right hand instead. So uh, same thing with Zelda too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Turn uh, around. He's he's ambidextrous. The, the player's guy. Yeah. The player's guy tries to. The player's guy tries to explain this by saying that Link has a superstition about superstition. Probably while I was keeping a shield facing toward Death Mountain. So, <laughs> um, so they tried like you know cover it up like a little bit there for sure. But um, yeah. Um, so um, the shovel also the shovel also uh, uh, was also like was also like first introduced to, to here as well. So something else something else I also love in this game. There there are usually numerous ways to numerous ways to solve puzzles. You know there are um, um, because especially in Zelda, what 
what made what made some of the puzzles in Zelda more difficult, I think, is because the fact there's only like one solution to the to, to that puzzle, like the Grumble Grumble thing I got I got that I got stuck on. In this game, there's usually two or three or two or maybe even three or four ways to get past it to get past enemy or obstacle. Like you know, like for example, boss fights. Like you know, um, you know, just so the guy we just, um, you know, the guy we. Um, you know, for example, um, you know, the guy we were just talking about, uh, the first, uh, the first boss enemy in the dark world, you can, um, you can crack space basket either with like, you know, bombs or with a hammer, and then you can defeat him after that by either using arrows or the sword. So, it's just that there's, it's just, the, the, pro the programmers thought about that, and there's no greater joy in a game, especially for this one, when you're like, okay, how the heck do I do this? And like, oh, okay, you know, like, can I do this? It actually worked! Awesome! So, <laughs> you know, so just that... You know, just that feeling of like self-discovery and being able to, you know, get past something. Zelda one and two had it for sure, but this game does it in spades because it's like you have that multiple choices usually to get to uh, multiple choices choice usually get past every obstacle, and that's great. You know, like every Zelda game, I think should uh, I think should do that pretty well. Uh, I think this game is easier than many uh, modern Zelda games, particularly. Um, you know, I think this game is. I, th I think this game. I, um, I think this game is actually overall easier, easier at least at least to me than Zelda one or two, even though it's much bigger. You know, it's like twelve. You know, you know, it's like twelve dungeons all together. This game between like light and dark world to go through. So even though it's, 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 it's a much bigger game, I think that I think that this game is probably one of the easier Zelda games to play. Um, you know, I, you know, I think Link's Awakening may be a little bit easier than this game is, but. Um, and you don't really need knowledge about Zelda helps you with this game, but you don't really need to be a fan or a fan of or, or, or have even played the original Zelda to be able to do to, to fight to pick up this game and pick um, you know do well in it from the start. The game does the game does a general tutorial kind of thing, which is like you know you have to go into the castle to rescue the princess and gives you like some some hints and tips and whatnot to start off with. So uh, the learning curve of this game goes up very well, I thought. I never really felt, like I said, I felt frustrated at parts. I never really felt like super, super challenged to the point of like rage quitting. So the difficulty, the difficulty scale this game uses, I think is like very, um, you're very good and very fair for you. Um, Joe, anything you want to add on to that? So to me, um, for all the Zelda games, I always feel like um, they're all very approachable. You start off, and they kind of, you know, explain through gameplay what you're going to be doing, learning your skills, and then the dungeons are there to test those skills that you've learned. And it's been like that since, you know, the first Zelda. This one, um, I think Ferg was talking about it, how this kind of feels like the first real adventure. And it does. It feels bigger. Like... Legend of Zelda, like, I can blow through that game in, like, a couple hours, easily. Um, and that's, you know, taking my time. <laughs> With this, um, I don't think, I mean, unless, you know, you do, like, the speedrun hacks and whatever else, then, you know, obviously this game can be beaten in, like, three and a half minutes or some ridiculous amount of time that I saw. Try faster. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> the point is, like this this game was designed for you to take your time. It's you're supposed to enjoy the adventure and the world that you're in. And uh, every, every time I've put this game on to play it, it's it's I, I'm in that adventure. It's you know sometimes I have to sit there and refresh myself as to where I'm at, but. Um, it's it's I love it every time I, I power it on. Um, 
I just keep seeing those tri those triforces. Anyways, um, so like, it, it, I mean, you guys pretty much covered everything, <laughs> in all honesty. <laughs> um, but like the things that have transferred over, like now, like with me playing like Link's Awakening, you know, not having experienced that on the Game Boy, and now playing that on the Switch, like that almost feels to me like almost a sequel to this game because so many of the elements were brought over you know to that game um you could feel that influence but then also like you look at ocarina of time and how it, you know the sub weapons that that's the biggest thing with this game Legend of Zelda 2 didn't have sub-weapons. This game brought sub-weapons back, and they haven't looked back since. And that's fantastic. Um, yeah, I, th I think that's pretty much it, because I'm going to start, like, just repeating what everybody else has said. <laughs> Which is fine. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, Phil, to be fair, did you want to say anything else, uh, like, on this? I want to admit, I want to mention one thing way back. We were talking about graphics that I'm, as I'm playing, I'm appreciating <laughs> is how, when you go into a dungeon, like there's light shining in the doorway yes. from the outside. Mm, yeah. Such a nice little touch, but no, I mean, yeah. you, you hit it on the head, Greg. I mean, the, this game just started so many things that have been become mainstays, uh, swimming, you know, uh, I remember that using, I m mentioned earlier, but using the bow and arrow to hit stuff, to hit, mm -hmm. to activate puzzles and stuff like that. Oh, and drawer slippers too. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. So there, there's just so much that this game introduced. So yeah, I, I, what, what more, what more can I say? <laughs> oh, and jars. Uh, yeah. Jars. 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 Yes, yeah. jars. <laughs> jars. I want to mention that you were talking earlier about how being multiple ways to solve things. Uh, there's a puzzle in uh, level five, the ice palace, that I still don't know how to do. <laughs> I always, I always get halfway through level five, and then I go to level six and beat that, uh, so that I can get the cane that makes the blocks, and then go back and just use that to solve the the the, the puzzle mm. with the switch, because I have no idea how to get the block from the upstairs to the downstairs to land on that that thing. No idea. Never. Been I will able to link for it you out. in the um, you know, the channel later on. Uh, there's a channel I like. Um... Uh, uh, like YouTube, uh, like I call, I uh, so a guy runs channel, 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 which, which, which is simply called like you know you could beat video games. He recently did this game in two videos, and, he, and, and it's a great walkthrough, uh, walkthrough, the uh, walkthrough mm -hmm. of the whole game. So like so, so I'll, I'll link that. So so I'll link that for you later on. Like if you watch that, you'll find out. If you watch that, you'll find figure out you know how to do that properly. <laughs> that would be that would be. I'd never even thought to look it up on YouTube. <laughs> that's what I get for being old. Yeah. I want to add something real, t real quick. Because first of all, someone in my chat, which by the way, hello chat. Um, I'm playing. I'm recording a podcast, but you can only hear what I'm hearing. There's so many guys talking. I just stay quiet most of the time. Uh, so that's what's going on. If you just joined this uh, chat, uh, so check out the SNES podcast when it comes out, episode 188. But but two people brought up something. One is, so the other night I was playing, and and one viewer came in because uh watching my live stream because she got stuck playing it and just i just happened to be playing it right in the similar in a similar area <laughs> and while i was playing this now like i used the hook shot right in one of the sections mm -hmm. 
I'm, I'm, I'm like in the third crystal dungeon or whatever. I used a hook shot. And she goes, my kid was yelling at you. Use the hook shot. You know, like right <laughs> when I did it. And they're like, wow, is this amazing? Uh, this amazing difference. And this, there's another viewer of mine who says 16 bits makes all, uh, makes all the difference. And that's so yeah. true. I mean, it, it, there's so much, it, it makes you wonder what the first Zelda would have been like if they had all this technology at their hands. And it really makes me admire the first Zelda for everything they got out of it. So that's, yes. that's my two cents. Great. But, uh, all right. So we're going to move on to our last topic, which is kind of like, so it's kind of just through and just to be able to have a catch-all thing to be able to just talk, uh, a catch-all thing with, uh, I mean, where you guys can just talk about anything else if you want to talk about uh, to kind of like wrap up uh, to kind of finish up the, the, our game discussion before I move on to eBay uh, eBay and cheats and final thoughts and that kind of stuff uh, if it's okay um, so if you guys are okay with this I'm going to go um, you know, I'd like to go first just so I can just so I can throw out some things for you guys to comment on uh, later on if you want to um, uh uh, I mean, like we're going through this because, like I said, it kind of catch-all thing for things I didn't really have a chance to mention anywhere else in the podcast. So, um, so I mentioned before this is something. So this is something I've. So this is like something. Like this. So is something I always like. You know, like I'm curious. I mentioned how the name of this game was changed from a Japanese release to an American release uh, because of like possible like you know religious reasons. It's like Nintendo had a very strict policy in these days of like you know like no violence uh, i'm sorry like um you know like not really like violence per se but like you know like no gory violence like on uh, no blood or anything like, like that you know super castlevania 4 had like you know the um um you know the blood change the acid that kind of stuff but uh and you know they were very strict strictly in the super NES days like about hearing to that um you know the infamous hitler's exploding head for bionic commando being being a famous example of something like slipped through sensors but anyway but when it came to like religion and how it was shown in the games, they Nintendo was not very consistent with that policy because sometimes, some, sometimes they were very vigorous about it. Sometimes they weren't. You know, again, just using Zelda series as reference, Zelda one and two, there were crosses all over uh, those games, like in the um, on a uh, shield and stuff. Uh, yeah. The shield, the shield, the shield had a cross. Uh, the cross was an item that you um, that you found in Zelda two. Uh, um, you would help you to see ghosts. Uh, the gravestones and whatnot, and like, you know, um, so like, and so in this game, there's no crosses. However, like I said, they did change the name of the game to, for that, for that reason, and they also changed uh, the priest to uh, the sage and the church or sanctuary to again remove that, to, to, to again remove the, to, to, move, to move that influence, but they also left in a part where it's like, um, where you use the Book of Medora and several places in the game, uh, to do something, Link is definitely praying 100%. So yeah, it's like down on his knees, makes a prayer. Exactly. So it's like, you know, it's very weird to me that Tendo has not been consistent, consistent with that policy, um, uh, um, uh, um, I, you know, like in the game to game, which, which is why I'm like, you guys had all this stuff in the first two Zelda games. Why do you make, why would you make all these changes for like in Zelda 3? I don't get it. So it's like, you know, like, I, you know, like I said before, I'm okay with the name of the game being changed because Link to the Past is kind of cool sounding to me, but it's like, I don't understand. I think, I really don't, I really don't think people people like would have like batted an eyelid, you know, if it was like a priest versus like, um, you know, like a, a sage or whatever. So, it's, it's, it's just like I said, it's very weird, especially when like Zelda 1 2 had that religious imagery uh, in the present of the games like already. So, um, what else? Uh, there was also the there was also the there was also the Japanese BS release of the, like this game, uh, which um, 
would use the same formula as you know Zelda, where they like you know they actually like the actual Kimo broadcast of the game online, and you actually like played it that way against the people at the same time. You know, a really cool experience. You know, I definitely recommend checking it out on YouTube. There are videos of it on YouTube uh, of, how, of how it actually works, like for like Zelda, uh, Zelda One, and also this game. And it's like it's it's just a shame. It's just a shame that we never had a chance to experience that here in the states for sure. So, um, but. Uh, there, uh, and then also, uh, I can also very highly recommend. Uh, there are there are there are two spin-offs, uh, spiritual sequels to this game per se. Christian mentioned before earlier about like Four Swords, which is present on the GBA version uh, like of the game. Um, mm. So I'll let you talk about that, uh, you know, later on your turn. But also, there was a spiritual sequel, a sequel to this game uh, with Link Between Worlds, which came out with the DS in 2013. And it's a great yes. game because. It is a proper, because it's a proper sequel to this game. It's like it's like uh, the locations the locations the same. You show up the light world, dark world, whatever. But you know, it's like it's not it's not an official sequel to the game. But it definitely there is enough certainly enough in common with this game that it's like a spiritual sequel for sure. So I definitely recommend you know playing Leap Between Worlds if you want a game that's more like this, uh, like for sure. So um, and then there's also the famous. Do you guys know the story behind the famous uh, Easter egg of this game? Uh, you know, the infamous... Uh, the Chris Houlihan uh, room? Yeah. Yes. So, um, uh, so, Chris, if you know all the details about that, I can let you talk about it, or I can also just talk about it like, right here if you want me to. Oh, yeah, you talk about it. I know it's got something to do with some sort of contest. And there then was a contest in Nintendo Power. room, yeah. Yep, there was a contest, was a contest <laughs> in Nintendo Power back in 1990. I remember, the, I remember this contest because I like, contest. I entered this contest because I had Nintendo Power uh, like in those days. But... Um, you had to, so the contest was they had to take a picture of the war mech, which is a powerful and rare enemy from Final Fantasy, uh, which is toward the end of the game. And they said as a prize, uh, your name will be, uh, your name will be selected to appear like an upcoming game randomly. So, um, so apparently the person who, the person who won this, like was a guy named like Chris Houlihan. Um, and so there's a hidden room, in, there's a hidden room in the game. I'll explain the hidden room mechanics here in a moment, but there's a hidden room in the game where if you drop into it, you'll find 45 blue rupees and it, um, in one of those like, telepathic tiles. And there's a message in the message in there that says, you know, my name's Chris Wooley and this is my top secret room. Keep it between us. Okay. So, but apparently, but apparently Nintendo never told the guy that, <laughs> um, you know, that his name was here, was here in the game, according to reports. So, uh, because not, it was not like. Because because there really wasn't any wide scale awareness of this room until like 2000s. Uh, you know, the internet. I never knew about it back in the day for sure. Nobody I knew, uh, n n nobody back then uh, knew about it. I I, don't, I definitely don't remember seeing this mentioned mentioned Nintendo Power like in the player's guide. So poor guys, like you know, you win a contest and can't even find out you know how to access <laughs> uh, your prize in the game. But um, there is speculation, however. That maybe Chris did not win the contest because the fact that two years passed between like uh, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, between the actual contest and the actual release of the game, the release of the game in North America, because the message message is there in the Japanese, the Japanese version of the game, but Chris's name is only present in the U.S. version of the game. So uh, there's some speculation, like there's some speculation even to this day that maybe and maybe that's not the correct story, but that's but that is a story that's been popularly repeated over the years. So I'm giving uh, so I'm just giving to listeners like as. It's, most commonly, most commonly uh, appeared, um, appeared appear online. So, uh, and this, uh, and the message, the message, by the way, is only present in the original Super NES version of the game. The room, the room is there in later versions of the game, but the, uh, uh, but the message was taken, uh, um, uh, but for some the message was taken out. So, you really have to see the, um, but uh, so yeah, there's that. 
Asteroid. So, so is that is that message only like not in the player's choice version, or is it like even the regular label cartridges? The player, don't... the player's choice version of the game does have it as well too. So, but just that the uh, the Game Boy Advance. Um, yeah, I was gonna say they removed uh, it for the Game Boy Advance version. The Game Boy Advance doesn't have it. Uh, the 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 Mini doesn't have it. Um, the Virtual Console versions of the game uh, do do have the message message because the message because 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 that because that's just because that just running the original Super NES code. So, but um, as the room itself, the room itself is present uh, because it's the room itself is present because it's a. So because like it's crash prevention 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 measure. I don't know how much you guys know about this, but um, sometimes players can do things in games that the game doesn't anticipate happening uh, happening. And sometimes the programmers know about this. They can they can code the game in such a way to to, to, to fight for anything bad from happening. But for poorly designed game, if somebody um, you know, if a player does something like you know like you know maybe like try to go from room X to room Y, to, uh, um, you know in a way that's anticipated by the programmers, or whatever. Bad things can happen. The game, the, um, you know, the game can crash. The game, the, the, you know, the game can lock up, et cetera, et cetera. So that's how the actual, the, you know, you know, that's how it's possible. To, that's how it's possible to beat the game in like thirty seconds, uh, because of uh, all right, take advantage of a bug in the game. So, uh, but anyway, so they added this room in the game as a way to be able to try to prevent that, because to, to prevent that, because the player did something that, didn't, that the, the, the game didn't expect. The game was simply just dumping this room as a fail-safe measure. So, um, so, uh, 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 so that's the rationale behind that. And there's multiple ways to be able to access to access the room. The easiest, the easiest way to do it is like you know you have to dash from your house to the palace and like you know, fall in the secret hole uh, where you first started off the game and find your uncle. If you do that without hitting anybody and do it fast enough, uh, you end up that room uh, guaranteed. So, uh, but it's a you know this is like cool Easter egg, like uh, Easter egg like this game for sure. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So I think. I think I think it's everything I wanted to say. Uh, um, you, uh, I'm. Uh, oh yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty much. Uh, uh, pretty, oh yeah. Sorry. Last last thing I want to say. Uh, you meant you guys mentioned time earlier. I do think this. So I do agree with all of that. If you know what you're doing, this game can be beaten probably in like you know five six hours. Uh, without really like speedrunning it, just uh, speedrunning, just like you know, like memory, muscle memory, like knowing what to do, how to beat the enemies, whatever. I think for first time person playing this, and maybe like maybe like Joe uh, or somebody else can confirm this. I think like a proper proper playthrough probably take a good like 20 30 hours um, if you don't know what you're doing and have to like do a lot of like trial and error and you know like uh, experimentation to find out how to advance the game because it's small in some ways and also big in other ways. If that makes sense. So, uh, but yeah, so I yeah, so I yeah, so I always felt. Money was very tight for me, a 16-year-old kid. Believe me, but I always felt, um, you know, I got my money's worth. Uh, money's worth. Um, you like this game for sure back in the day. But uh, anyway, uh, appreciate you listening to my rambling uh, about the final thoughts uh, that I have this game uh, like this. Um, so why don't we move on to Chris? What do you want to say? Um, either in response to what I've already said, or your, um, your your own thoughts on uh, to this game uh, in conclusion for you. Well, I will always take the opportunity to complain about A Link Between Worlds uh, <laughs> for, for doing something very... It just, it just irks oh, the heck yeah. out of me. Like no gold cart. Well, yeah, the, the lack of gold cart. But yes. the Link Between Worlds on 3DS, um, the Dark World is low rule, mm. and that has always bothered me. Yeah. Really? <laughs> because, yep. because the Dark World in A Link to the Past is a reflection of Ganon's heart. It's the Golden Land as represented by Ganon's evil. 
and Laurel just happens to look exactly the same. Nope. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I know the game started off as a remake of A Link to the Past and then they turned it I understand that. It was just that one little thing that just, <laughs> just always bothered me. Outside of that, that game is brilliant. It's a wonderful, wonderful, delightful game. Um, I am, uh, I, I'm playing, uh, you mentioned that I just started playing uh, uh, Four Swords Adventures on the GameCube, which is visually very heavily inspired by A Link to the Past crossed with Wind Waker, which is kind of weird, but it's the game's hilarious. If you have an opportunity to play that game on a GameCube with four other people, all with Game Boy Advances, I can't recommend <laughs> it enough. It is such a blast to play. But you just have to do it in that exact kind of setting. You play this game by yourself or in any other conglomeration of other than four people with four Game Boy Advances on the GameCube. It's just not the same. It's it's a super, super awesome uh, experience. As far as Link to the Past goes, I mean, it's it's nuts that this game still means so very much to me. Like, I, I played through all... we, we my, my son wanted me to play through all the Zelda games for him. So we made it through halfway through Oracle of Ages, I think, before he got <laughs> bored. Um, but he adored A Link to the Past. He thought this was the coolest darn thing. And, like, being a kid and playing this game and seeing Ganon show up at the end, you know? Like, the, the game hints at him. It starts off like, oh, Aghanim, all right, so he's going to be the big bad. And then, like... They, they start talking about, like, no, no, there's this Ganon character heading around, too. Ganondorf Dragmire. Yeah, you look out for that guy. And then, like, you beat Aghanim at the end, and the shadow of Ganon comes out, and then you face off against him, and that boss battle was probably one of the most intense final boss battles I had ever seen in a game up to this point. Oh, yeah, just to piggyback on that real quick, uh, there's also, like, there's also, like, there's also like the second part of the, the um, second part of the, the second, the second phase, the second phase of that fight where he's like stomping on the ground to cause the tiles to, the tiles oh. to vanish on the corners. But if you fall, you end up in a, um, falling, falling's not, falling's not a horrible. I mean, you actually have to start over again, but you end up in a hidden, a fairy room where you yeah. have to hint, a, 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 a very big hint for how to begin. So, um, yeah. like, so, 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 like, there is that. I do appreciate the safety net the game has. <laughs> You just reminded me of the first time I got there. I start, you know, I started whacking away at Ganon, and then he turns that color, and I hit him with a silver arrow. I'm like, "Ha! Gotcha! Game over!" Oh, he's not dead. Because <laughs> <laughs> in the original game, you just hit him with a silver arrow, and he's toast. And it's like, "Oh, oh no! I have to keep fighting." <laughs> that was a good time. Ah, uh, yeah, I I cannot possibly say enough good things about this. It reminds me of such a. Yeah, it just reminds me of being this age, being a kid. I, I don't even know how old I was. I I refuse to do the math, uh, but just being a kid and being so obsessed with Zelda, and this being a sequel that delivered everything I could have possibly wanted out of it. Like it was. I mean, even as a kid, I knew that Zelda cartoon was was garbage, but <laughs> it was still. It was still awesome, you know? It was still connected to the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. It was so much fun. But this was so much more... It took itself more seriously than that cartoon did, and it did it in such a... It threw so many weird curveballs. Like, the the whole Dark World thing, I didn't crack open that Secret Hints thing when I first <laughs> when I first got the game. Really? So I didn't... Yeah, I didn't know... I refused to. I was like, no, I want to, I want to do this on my own. <laughs> so I had no idea the Dark World was coming. No idea at all. 
I just figured when I when you did that on Death Mountain first time, I was like, wow, I wonder if you could ever like travel through all this. Ah, it's probably just there for the map. It's probably just just uh, Death Mountain. That's pretty wild. Uh, and then I thought I was gonna beat the game and I didn't. Or like when the first thing you do in the game is save Princess Zelda. Yeah. That's the first thing you do. And she follows you around, which was so cool. Like, you're walking around, and she's just follows your path, which is nuts. Or the whole thing with Blind the Wizard. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. it seems like a total throwaway thing in the beginning of the game. And then he's the boss of the fourth uh, temple in the Dark World. And you have to learn about the fact that he hated bright light. And it's like... Oh, you bring that maiden into the room, and oh, it was blind the whole time. Now he's shooting fireballs. His head spinning around the room is insane. I just—it's the amount of times this game knocked me completely on my butt of just flooring me, and the Super Nintendo did that time and time again. Like Super Mario World was this—the same thing. Super Metroid was the same thing. Mega Man X was the same thing. Castlevania 4 was the same thing. Everything I loved on NES, almost everything. I'm a huge fan of Double Dragon 4 for whatever, or Super <laughs> Double Dragon for whatever reason. But regardless, uh, Contra 3 is another great one. All those games I loved on NES just completely evolved in these gorgeous, unbelievable directions on Super Nintendo. And with the exception of Su- not even the exception. This is probably right up there with Super uh, Super Metroid and Super Mario World as far as being, like, just the perfect evolution of this series. Like, it distilled everything that was great about Zelda and Zelda 2 and, and everything surrounding it and just made a, a, a timeless masterpiece that is, as evident by Phil's playthrough right now, <laughs> still fun to play today, uh, which is just, just marvelous. Just love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. It's like I go back and forth in my head between like between like Zelda three being the epitome of the Zelda franchise and Super Castlevania four being the epitome of the Castlevania franchise because I think both games did did like did their own franchises so well. I'm not really sure which one I can say like it's quote unquote better, but yeah, it's an excellent point for sure. But uh, uh, for your turn. I don't really have much to add. I just. Um, I'm glad that I know when I first asked you about this, you said you weren't going to do it because everybody else had already pretty much covered the game, you know, different podcasts and stuff. But I'm glad you did because it got me back into wanting to play the game. And like Chris said, <laughs> it takes me back to the time when I was not 12 years old. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but it, it was a uh, it, it's a lot of fun. My wife is with me like she was back when uh, I originally played it. So. No, that's yeah, that's, okay. that's, that's pretty much it. Um, so, so Joe, uh, how about you? Let me tell you, Nintendo disappointed me this year. It was, what, 35 years for the Zelda franchise? And I expected them to do something. And all we got was that Game & Watch, which, don't get me wrong, the Game & Watch is cool, but... Right, but they could have done more. And one of the big things that I really (laughs) wish and thought that they might do after we got um, Link's Awakening was I thought they would go back and give us the first Zelda or give us A Link to the Past with that new art style. Mm. And I really thought we'd get at least one of them. I was really hoping for the first one, to be honest. As much as I love this game, um, the first one will always be my first. And, you know, you never forget your first. Um, 
So it's still fun. It's I, I I still love the first game, and this game is right up there with it. Um, and those are my biggest requests for the Switch, is like give me a remake of the first one because I'll tell you the first remake that they did, um, which is kind of not a remake because it's really random, but the BS Zelda, um, which is yeah, I was gonna say like you know make. <laughs> Make, make the whole game that style. And yes, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it, I love BS Zelda, and I love the idea that you have 15 minutes to run through the game. And right, insane. and they have things now <laughs> to where like you don't have to take the 15 minutes; you can take your time and get through, go through it, which is nice. Yes. But also, like when they originally aired that on the satellite, uh, the Satellaview, view, like it had CD quality sound like an actual orchestra um they had like voice acting like that's yeah, yeah it's crazy like the things that that, crazy, that they yeah. did and it's like they did all that back then but it's like now it's like oh well you know ocarina of time is our baby and that's what we you know <laughs> you know what i mean like everybody's you know yeah. everybody's rumored that you know ocarina of time is going to be the one that gets remade or the 3ds version gets ported over to the switch whatever but it's like, come on, like, Ocarina Time's good. Don't get me wrong. Um, that is also another one that I have not beaten yet. So that is on the list of things to do. But um, I have other games I have to conquer. I love Zelda. Um, we've already discussed that. And um, this game really solidified my love for the series. And I haven't played any of the DS games. Um, I, or I should say, I haven't dabbled enough to have an opinion of those games um i i have started both games and just kind of like eh, it's whatever um the um before mentioned skyward sword i have not even touched i don't know anything about that game at all so there are definitely some gaps and really other than the original game and me starting to play through this one um, and Breath of the Wild. Without those three games, really, Breath of the Wild is the one that re-sparked Zelda in, in me to go back and... Yeah, I've almost bought a Switch several times. Just yeah. And I, it's, yeah, and I mean, it's got some annoying gameplay factors like your weapons breaking and stuff like that and i get it i i, yeah. I get it like they they're giving you a reason to have that open world but at the same time like i beat it on the wii u because i could go in and i could hack my save so that i could make my weapons so like so strong that they wouldn't break so this way i didn't have to worry about that and i could play through the game and enjoy it um which, you know, when I originally played through it, I, I was not enjoying it. So, yeah. Um, they need to remake this game. But I really like the first one yeah. first. <laughs> I think that my only argument there is that Ocarina needs the remake more. Because I can still go back and play the original NES Legend of Zelda and it is just as fun as it was when I was a kid. I go back and play Ocarina now, it's like, man, this game is blocky as hell. <laughs> You, you are absolutely right, and I highly re recommend, if you have an, a, the ability to play the 3DS version, play that version, because that version oh, is a lot yeah, better. Yeah, that's just yeah. the boots yeah. alone. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> oh, okay, oh, yeah, all right, cool, I don't have to keep going right. in and out of this menu. 
I'm also gonna state a very honest, yes, I'm also gonna state like a probably like a probably controversial opinion. I actually enjoyed Majora's Mask better than like Ogre Time. A lot of people do. I am definitely not one of those people, but uh, there's a I know there's a huge contingent of folks out there. I have beaten Majora's Mask in my life, I think, three times now, and I didn't enjoy any of them. <laughs> I don't know why. Also, I think it's worth pointing out that the next Zelda games after this, which was a big part of why, for at least me personally, Ocarina was mm. so huge, the next Zelda games after this were those CDI yeah. ones. Yo, yeah. Like, that was all Zelda ha fans had until uh, yep. Zelda 64. So, like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, seriously? Yeah, I, I hear you. Though at the time, I hadn't played them. I had just seen the infomercial and thought, <laughs> it's a sequel to Zelda 2. This is the coolest <laughs> thing. Please buy me a CDI. And my parents would be like, what, right. are you crazy? <laughs> yeah, it's worth watching like the actual videos uh, videos of those games on YouTube if you haven't already. It's, uh, yeah. it's something. But... I played through all three of them for charity a few years back. I remember was... that, yes. I watched you do, you do that. I just want to interject and uh, congratulate uh, Phil on uh, destroying Mothra. Thank you. <laughs> yes, good job. I'm just watching that right now, yeah. Like, well, I went in under power. That was my seriously th comment. I, I, I'm sorry, I was listening to you, but I was fighting Mothra, and, <laughs> like, I went in underpowered, only one fairy in a jar, and I'm like, and I did, I was like, how did I defeat it so easily? I have no idea. I don't know if it's because I threw your talent. Like in this game, like I always thought that Phil was always like anti-emulation, but he's using safe states like left to right here. <laughs> now I like to use. I like when I do reviews. I like to play it on the original system. Mm. You know, for the reviews, I like to have the physical cartridge, and I like to do that and 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 whatnot. And I and I'm also a supporter. I mean, emulation is emulation, mm. right? I mean, there's legal and illegal right. emulation. Sometimes that gets confusing. Uh, so I'm all about supporting the industry and, you know, using legal em emulation. But I was just, no, I was, that's what's great about this game, right? Like, you, you get that boss battle, you're down to two hearts, you hear that annoying beep, and you somehow manage to get through with it by the skin of your teeth. Mm, so, but absolutely. no, I'm, I, I'm getting older, you know, I, I mean, maybe you guys aren't. <laughs> And my time is precious. I will use save states up to wazoo when I have them available. Yeah. So absolutely. I mean, yes, I've absolutely. I've admitted on here numerous times about using Game Shark and save states and everything else. So and I agree. I'm getting older. I will be 41 on Monday. So uh, yeah, save states and Game Shark are definitely a thing. <laughs> Nintendo yeah, Switch Online has the rewind yes, feature, what a and I abuse the heck out of it. <laughs> yeah, the NES Super NES Minis do too. I'm going to beat uh, Sonic Spinball for the first time, <laughs> and I'm going to do it oh, because nice. of that rewind feature. Amen, brother. <laughs> I, I feel your pain. I've pay, played that game, and you could be doing good, and all of a sudden, what? Yep. You're gone. The Super NES Mini has the yep. rewind too? Yes. It, it does, I yes. No I was... I don't know how to use it. If anyone was watching my stream, there's one time where I was trying to use it, but I kept like going back like five <laughs> seconds. So it wasn't working really well for me. But no, I'm a proponent of, and then I'll get to whatever I have my last, because I have a question for y'all. But um, uh, so for those watching my stream, I'm talking to some podcasters, some really cool guys. So check it out when it comes out. And thank you for the congratulations on the, uh, <laughs> on beating Mothra or whatever the name is there. Um, uh, and I totally lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? Man, it's late. 
Happy, happy May. So um, at least in my time zone. Uh, no. So let me get to the question that I, I was going to I was going to ask you guys on, on the podcast is where would you rank? Like if, whenever I review a game, I rank it against other games on the system. Right. Yes. So I have two questions. One, it, um, would it be on your Mount Rushmore of Super Nintendo games? You could only put four. And two, um, where where would it rank? Is it is it is it a top five game? A top ten game? Is it your number one game on the system? So I'll I'll shoot that, and once everyone answers, I'll finish my thoughts. Well, oh crab cakes. That's hard. I'll jump in because it's not that hard for me. Yes. Um, this is on my Mount Rushmore for Super Nintendo games. Um, and for me, this is probably just because of presentation, gameplay, graphics, sound. Everything is so superior to anything else, in my opinion. Um, this is number one for me. Absolutely. If it's is it are we talking like it's just a Super Nintendo specific Mount Rushmore? That's what he yes. said. Super Nintendo only. <laughs> yes. Okay. Super Nintendo specific Mount Rushmore, then yes. I'm looking at I wrote this eons ago. I did a top my top twenty games of all time, and this was at my number mm. five. Mm. Uh almost dead heat tie between Super Metroid, Super Mario World, and Link to yeah. the Past. Uh, so yeah, I would definitely say this. This makes the the Mount Rushmore. It's it's definitely in my top five Super Nintendo games of all time, easily. Um, but with a system with so many so many darn great games, <laughs> it's 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 sometimes hard to think about. Like oh, but Mega Man X is so great, and I love Chrono Trigger. But I mean, this this game's a darn masterpiece. There's looking at it, it it's it's almost impossible to find a flaw. It's like it's just mm-hmm. wonderful. So. Yeah, I, I rank this pretty darn high. Boy, I got to go back. I think we ranked all the Zelda games on the SAG podcast. You did. And now I, <laughs> I can't remember where where this one you landed. Did, well, yeah. This probably landed at the top. I think it did. Yep. Yes, go ahead. Is it my turn? But what is, Ferg? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, this is... I haven't played uh, anywhere near as many SNES games as you guys have. Uh, but this is... I didn't get this for... I didn't get the system for this game. I wanted it for this game. Uh, I, I would definitely put it on my um, Mount Rushmore. I guess this would have to be my number one SNES game. I can't think of... I mean, I played Donkey Kong Country probably more than this because I played through it once and that was it, but I kept going back to God, I love that game Donkey too. Kong Country, <laughs> but I think I enjoy this more. And, yeah. yep, so, uh, yeah, so I already said most of this, but, but uh, yeah, this game, yeah, this game, I could be on my Mount Rushmore of Super NES games for sure, which is, you know, which Chris said, it's very, very difficult because it's, it's, because system's loaded, loaded so many, like, great games, but, um, in my top ten games of all games period of all time, I probably would. Um, so I probably would. So probably no, just would, so just probably, on the Super Nintendo. Just on the Super oh, Nintendo. Why? Well, okay. Well, okay. Well, I'll say anyway. Like because because I said they started they started the podcast. It, it, this game this game definitely my top ten or top ten like of all games period of, of all time for me. But um, Super NES, yeah, uh, yeah, not Rushmore probably. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, um, yeah. 
not Rush Mode for sure. I think there's, I, I think I think it's probably a, probably a few probably a few other games I enjoy maybe maybe uh, maybe like a bit better than this one, but it's definitely like right up there at the top, uh, like for sure. And is that everybody, or did I miss somebody? I no, lost count. That's everybody. <laughs> yep, that's Let, everybody. Let's yeah, see. One of my one of my listeners put down Ogre Battle, Chrono Trigger, Tactics Ogre, and F Zero mm. as their Mount Rushmore. So that that's a, you know, to me the Zelda franchise, the whole Zelda idea is what a video game is, and that goes back to Adventure on a twenty six hundred. It puts you into an adventure. You can explore. You can take your time. You can, you know, use different elements. So to me, it, it is almost a perfect video game. The Zelda franchise is. And I really like, I guess my final thought is I really like how it came together for the Super Nintendo version. It's hard for me because I have such a nostalgic pull to the original Zelda. And I find it uh, less daunting <laughs> to pick up and play for me personally. You know, it doesn't take as much time and time's a valuable commodity for me. So, so like I'm, there's a part of me that's both enjoying and dreading the idea of putting a review of this game together. Cause when I do a live stream, I don't capture the gameplay and I want to capture the gameplay off the cartridge I actually get. Cause I, that, that's just how I am. So I'm like, man, but if I want to show both worlds, it's, you know, it's, I'm going to have to dip in some more hours into it. I'm not even finished on my SNES classic run. But yeah, this this game and someone t- I don't know who it was, but you talked about making a remake of this game yep. or whatever. I don't know that it needs it. I I really don't. I like I'm a pixel art guy. And I you could add a few more things and maybe another dungeon or whatever, but I almost th- I almost this is like a game where I'm like leave it leave it be. Hmm. It it looks good the way it is. It, you know, I I think you don't want to mess with perfection. I'm not saying it's a perfect game, but it was the perfect upgrade to the Legend of Zelda. I think that's what I would say. So yeah, that's my two cents. It would it would be on my Mount Rushmore. It might be my number one game. I really like Super Mario World. I, I it's yeah, amazing how some of the the early yeah. games um, did so much so well. Yes, exactly. It, so so, and and there's other games I haven't played as many as some of you all have played as far as the super Nintendo. Cause I didn't grow up with it, but, but yeah, it, it's definitely a Mount Rushmore contender and a number one contender. This game's really difficult for me just to say like, you know, for sure, like, you know, top three of the only because of the fact that, you know, I also love Final Fantasy four and Final Fantasy six and, 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 um, and, 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 and like, like four as well too. So it's like, it's really difficult, but yeah, but, but yeah, I think this does, I, I, I certainly agree with you, Phil. I, I, you know, I, you know, I do think it's like it's right up there. So, um, anyway, I know this has gone on for a while, so like I wrap up here like real quick here. There are, there, there are a bunch of like cheats, uh, cheats and hints. Uh, um, uh, sorry, like uh, tips, and, uh, like like bugs in this game, which you can find online. Either online, you have to do things like um, being able to skip the whole like third dungeon light world, like go. Um, uh, if I can go like right to the dark world, it's possible also be uh, uh, um, it's possible it's possible also like also the, also to be able to bug the game out and start to get um um in the um uh like the Hyrule Palace to be able to go right to the fight again at the end and beat the game like uh, three minutes. So um, it's also possible to be able to get like some involvability with the hook shot 
and you can also like acquire the invisibility cape early and there's also free green potion we talked about before we could like toss it you, you know just toss it to, to, to uh, i just toss a bottle like to the wish the, the waterfall wishing and you get like a uh, you know a free a free potion return so yeah a whole bunch of like you know like bugs and cheats and, and, and whatnot present in this game um you know definitely encourage you to look, to look if you want to um ebay uh phil mentioned what he paid for this game earlier so being available in both regular and also the player's choice editions this game is very plentiful on plentiful uh, uh, on ebay as you expect because like i said if you get the podcast about what 6.5 million mm-hmm. copies of the game sold so um it's super common pricing pricing this game is actually a little bit more expensive than expensive than i thought it would be most uh, i um um i think it's because that is a zelda game and also because of the fact that nintendo games do do tend to hold their value like pretty well i've noticed so um, anyway, when I did the research recently, four six day copies of this game were like, like, like available on eBay. Six or seventeen, this, this has seventeen copies of the game like recently sold. Uh, these, these prices include shipping, and they cover both the regular and also the player's choice edition of the game. Uh, card only. Uh, uh, examples of the game sold anywhere from fifteen dollars to seventy-seven dollars. So they'll pay a decent price, uh, a decent price like for the game uh, for sure. So. Uh, you know, very wide range of pricing like, like this game. CIB is CIB is not any better. CIB pricing range away from like forty two dollars, all the way up to like four ninety dollars, <laughs> depending upon uh, completeness and like, like how mid the box is. Uh, there was even there was even two sealed copies of the game that sold recently. Um, one of these prices, I believe, you know, even though so even though like like, like, even, like even though I emphasize like you know like sold listings. There's no guarantee that the um, so there's no guarantee that the actual that the actual game did sell, aka money like money changed hands because we don't know that. So uh, I have to go by the actual listing uh, listing hope is accurate. But apparently, I, I, I still copied the original version of the game so recently for a whopping six thousand dollars. <laughs> so uh, I find it more believable the fact that I still copy I still copy the player's choice edition of the game so for two thousand dollars. I think that price is more. I just have my doubts that the doubt the person the person who actually paid uh, the person somebody actually paid six thousand dollars like the uh, like the game where it's like two thousand steel copies comparable to some of the some of the water graded copies of the game and whatnot that have sold recently. Yeah. So I, I I think that one yes I think that one likes more believable price. But anyway, uh, but yeah, that like I said before, that's just the Super NES version of the game. Joe, do you know Chris? Joe, do you know how much the game goes for right now on Switch? Um, so I'm sure you can get the copy of the game like for cheap. What the Legend of uh, Link to the Past? It's part yes. of the uh, Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, it's part of NSO. Yeah, oh, it's part of that. Okay, okay. All right, yeah, you yeah, can't so. you can't actually right. buy it on the Switch. You can only get it as yeah, part of but, NSO. Yeah, but you know the okay. pricing for that starts at twenty bucks a year. So you know. yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah, so yeah. Like I said before, you know this game's like easily available to play these days. So, but uh, uh but anyway. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. So, uh, you know, very, thanks so many thanks uh, to everybody for listening to this super long podcast. We, uh, we appreciate it. But, you know, being like a big game like this, Joe and I were talking earlier, and it's like, you know, we don't have too many heavy hitters yeah. left. You know, it, like, you know, like Ferg mentioned, one of the reasons I was holding off on this game is because, none, you know, not because a lot of people had already covered it, but also because of the fact that we don't have that many heavy hitters left. So, um, you know, it is fun to bring out, like, a, a, a like you know, the two big heavy hitters that we have left still to cover. The cover I think are going to be Secret of Mana and uh, Super Mario World Two: mm. Yoshi's Island. So uh, we will get to those games eventually for sure. But anyway, so um, but anyway, Joe is always appreciate you being on the podcast with me and slugging through this. Um, 
I forgot to ask you before we started. Do you have an idea for anything you want to cover next, or do you need time? Uh, yeah, I haven't even thought about that, so just give me some time. Okay, all right, yeah, so uh, if you think of something before we finish the podcast, let us, uh, let me know, yeah. otherwise, otherwise I apologize, otherwise I apologize to the, to the listeners, I usually like to let you guys know what's coming up next, I just forgot to ask Joe about it before we get started, so my bad on that front, I'll take responsibility for it, but anyway, um, but uh, Chris, uh, Phil, Ferg, as always, uh, great to have you back on the podcast, very much appreciate it, uh, hopefully you guys can be back here again sometime soon. Yeah, thanks for having thank us. Thank you. Yes, what's a hoot? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, yes, anyway, uh, anyway, finally, in closing, uh, to, to reach us, if you, want to, if you have any comments, feedback, suggestions, etc., you can feel you feel free to leave them on our Facebook group, uh, or you can also send me an email directly at the Essence Podcast Yahoo.com. Joe, how can they reach you? You can reach me on Twitter at J O E S U X three zero. I also have a very public Facebook. Um, and also, I think uh, we should be covering Gradius 3 next game. We, we have already covered that, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> but I'm have sorry. you covered the hack that speeds it up? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sold. New episode. <laughs> uh, no, if you want that, just put the PS2 version, honestly. <laughs> uh, but, anyway, but, but anyway, yeah, so... Um, uh, so, Chris, if somebody wants to reach you or find you online, what's the easiest way to do so? Uh, I'm on Twitter at GeekadeChris. That's Geekade, K-R-I-S. Uh, you can also find my writing in the pages of Nintendo Force Magazine or at StoneAgeGamer.com. Um, that's pretty much it. I'm reachable by Carrier Pigeon, if you know where I live. <laughs> Outside of that, 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 that pretty much sums it up. I'm pretty easy to find if you need to find me. And Ferk, how about you? Uh, 2600 game by yes. game. Uh, yes, awesome podcast. So definitely, you know, was a, you know, was on hiatus for a while. Glad to have you back. So, you know, very much appreciate it. <laughs> you had me in tears with that <laughs> bit in the beginning of the new episode. <laughs> I was driving and <laughs> I oh, was in saucer, tears. Yeah. Love it. I have to record your submission, your submission your next episode tomorrow. So, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's the next game? Uh, Laser Gates, right? Oh, yes. right. It's one I don't know anything about, so I'm good. <laughs> Gates, yeah. Me neither. We're <laughs> playing it, so. <laughs> uh, and Phil, how about you? Oh, yeah, you guys can find me on YouTube as the Notes for Gamer. I'm also on uh, the Twitter, as the kids call it, uh, at the Notes for Gamer. And I have a Discord that people can join if they want to talk to a bunch of other retro fans. That I have links to that in all my latest videos and uh, a, lot of, a lot of cool people on there. Okay, awesome. So, anyway, uh, once again, um, you know, I know this is late, I, um, so I know that we recorded later than usual. So I also, like, I also appreciate the fact that you know that you guys were willing to make time on your busy lives to come on here and talk about this great game with us. So you know, once again, um, I'm trying to speak for Joe, and I say you know, like, thank you very much to Ferg, Phil, and, and Chris once again yes, for being on the podcast with us. Yep, thanks for having. You're me. very welcome. This was awesome. So thank you. Thank you again very much, everybody. Uh, hope you stay safe. Um, Joe, did you find anything else, or do you want to like wait? Have you covered Magical Quest? No, there we go, not. Magical Quest starring Mickey Mouse. T two weeks. Okay, <laughs> that's gonna be up next. Then stay tuned. I, I know nothing about that game. This should be interesting. <laughs> but all right, all right, all right, everybody. Appreciate it as always. Stay safe. Be well. We'll catch you again later. Bye. Thank you all. Later. Thanks.
Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game, or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Deep of power.